0: What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the season Game and Big Cast episode 2022, I think we're on today. Nice. We are back. We are back. So it's gonna be a great you episode. If that's our-
1: where we actually were like no, I'd, be dead. I know, man. I'd be dead yeah would, everybody yeah.
0: gets one
2: mistake for the new year you never know <laughs> <laughs> could it be 22 could it be 222 <laughs>
0: um so we are back man it's good to uh it's good to be back well you took that's probably the longest break we've taken actually about three weeks uh had a good break everyone chilling over the holidays so i hope everyone uh had a, a nice relaxing holiday as well hopefully everyone is who watches is trying to stay covid free it's kind of a mess out there again right now so um, i'm hoping you're taking care of yourselves but i'm your host ains of and this is big cast 185 and i am joined as always by my man on the right there mr tie guy travis who as of about half an hour ago is starting a big argument on twitter which he just loves to do apparently
3: that's right yeah i am thank you mcclunky glad to be here (laughs) fun fact if uh, this was our 2022nd episode, we would have had been doing the show for 38 years, almost 39.
0: <laughs> oh, there's so, zero. zero. So Dan's yeah. no longer with us. No, Dan no, ben, no
1: longer with us. If yeah, I make Ains it to show, probably only 220,
0: <laughs> we'll be all right. <laughs> I have a cane. Like knees are broken. Yeah, oh, no, yeah. I'm starting to look like you too. It's great. It's great. <laughs> I'm glad to be here
3: uh <laughs> also i'll introduce our other regular uh below me here is uh dan rodriguez also known as tie-dye dan how you doing <laughs> I'm I'm there for you. Yep.
1: hey guys what is up i'm super happy i'm still alive so <laughs> <laughs> that's how i rate my days <laughs> yeah i woke up this morning Woo! yeah <laughs> you good. Know, positivity
0: <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> like in the knights of the old republic and bioshock throwbacks behind you well Dude, this thing is so badass like it, it's, i it's remember when you got that that's yeah, years ago yeah. now
1: yeah, yeah it's it's like a 3d kind of foil printed kind of thing this guy does and it's, it's amazing
0: yeah amazing. man well hopefully we get some bioshock news this year um, but one of our favorite guests is back in the house. You know him well, Mr. Neo GameSpark himself. What's up, brother?
2: Oh, what's going on, y'all? It is a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure to be back with my season gaming brothers. 2022, first things first, happy new year to everybody watching. And like Ain said, I hope y'all are staying safe because this new variant is going out of control. But I got to say, you know, for the first week of 2022, um, I'm starting to notice a lot of good things. I mean, first thing first, a round of applause for Dan for that beautiful shirt. And I made this myself.
0: Like, this is homemade stuff. Oh, Oh, my God. They don't call him tie-dye Dan for nothing.
1: No, we had a whole thing, you know. It's like, oh, somebody got some tie-dye stuff for Christmas. And we were like, yeah, let's just do it.
2: (laughs) It it really speaks to you, man. You know, some people, a shirt wears them, but you wear that shirt, my friend. That's (laughs) That's that's how it is. Not only that, but Dan, he's got his whole gaming background going on about time. It didn't look like we were in a Zoom meeting for work. So I'm happy to see that. But then, something, the Christmas stuff. but then something else I noticed, I don't know how long it's going to last, but 2022 starting out on a weird note because it seems like Dan and I are agreeing more often than not. And it's a little Whoa. weird to start out the yeah. year like that, but you know, Whoa. I just had to put what it, out there. What it was like oh, twice in 30 minutes. Literally twice in 30 minutes. So Dan, you want to, you want to catch up, up to speed? Gosh, I, it, it was
1: first. It was the, uh, you said something about the KOTOR remake yeah, and it, um, wanting like a final fantasy 7 the battle system the yeah 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 and yeah totally 100 agree with that um i think it would be amazing what was the other thing you know because <laughs> it was I don't remember stuff. out
2: of the blue i'd have to go i have to dig yeah. through twitter during the show the other, one, yeah, the other one i can't
1: remember because it was it was so random but yeah we agreed twice in a row and it was insane wow <laughs> that's very <scary>, new <laughs>
3: <laughs> I can't <tell> you, right? <laughs> you're going down a path i can't follow yeah
1: <laughs> it's, it's, it's probably not yeah it's probably going to end disastrously yeah and eventually it'll be you know you know much more contentious and yeah you know, we'll get to that point
0: so. business as usual you, you know <laughs> you're here for. hey it's a new year new start new start <laughs>
1: oh
2: the, it but was off. the
1: x it was the x button on, oh yeah. Whether, it's x.
2: yeah whether it's x or cross do you guys yeah. call it the x button or the cross button
3: I call it the cross it- button because I like to make fun of how PlayStation uses shapes.
0: <laughs> the, it, I call it the X button, but they've officially said it is the cross button. So it is the cross button on it. It is. The oh, cross you know. Button. Well, oh, uh,
2: and to that, before we draw this intro any longer than we have, <laughs> I recognize the council has made a decision, but given that it's a. Stupid decision. Gotta say it like is no. stu-
0: It is. I've I
2: elected to ignore it. There we go. That's all I gotta say. Anyway, What's going on, quo. people? Great. Yeah. yeah. Love yes, it. sir.
0: Yeah, it's the X button. Let's let's face facts. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good to see all the regulars here. Thank you very much. You guys are coming out with the super chats like right out of the great gate here. Out. Um, um, I know, man. Very out. generous. 2022 <clears throat> beginning. Why don't we hit them up, Dan?
1: Yep. All right, Mo. Five dollar super chat. Good morning, you beautiful bastards. You were gone too long. Good morning, chat. I, you I mo. told you that in Bye, confidence,
0: I'm Mo. Dan. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Appreciate oh, it. Over to Tao.
1: Tao, welcome back, crew. Neo in the house. Dan, where's that boyfriend dungeon stream? Sup, Travis? <laughs> and give Ain's some more fast gifts. <laughs> Stay safe
0: and healthy. Thank you, Tao. We're still waiting Thank on that boyfriend dungeon stream, man. Tao's Tao not going to let you know. to be, that, Yeah.
3: Maybe I'll that'll be my, be my solution. favorite viewer of the show. Always in here. <laughs>
2: Town, know know what up. Town, know what up.
3: Yeah, he knows what's up. He's like, he's pounding his fists about Dan uh, playing Boyfriend Dungeon, about Ains uh, embracing Fast and Furious, which he should love by all accounts, and refuses to. We we gotta. I don't know. I don't know if y'all
2: are ever gonna do this, but there's got to be like a, a seasoned gaming watch party going on for this year we just we just got to sit ains down and watch all the fast (laughs) you know
3: what
0: you know what in all seriousness if we did that with the community like all the all the people that are always here and you guys i i would do that for real
3: Yes, nice, sir. I love I that. It and we could get director's get commentary. I'm not the director, but I feel like I am. I know so about the movie, so that'd be great. You probably yeah.
0: know more than the director at this point. I honestly,
3: honest. well, uh,
2: well, anyway, we can get into. <laughs> yeah, it. moving hey, on. Moving hey, on. Hey, don't don't let them know about that eight-hour video I said you got. It. Don't worry, Travis, you got
1: it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bad boy Horror, uh, five-pound super chat. Thank you, sir. Oh, and everyone, spare a thought for uh spooky sprocket. Everyone, follow fellow yes. gamer currently in a coma. Yeah, I saw that after a blow to the head. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Sure. Yeah. So
0: thank you That's guys serious. for the Super Chats. Yeah. Really, really appreciate it. And yeah, good call out, Fat Boy. So yeah, if you don't know Spooky Sprocket, good guy in the community. Um, and his uh, he was uh, engaged to be married to Trinity Warrior, another uh, good person in the community who's a big streamer. And uh, something just tragic happened. Um, well, let's see, it'll probably be early this week now where they found he took a blow to the head. He was found unconscious. He's currently in a coma um and uh yeah it's 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 not good man so um no matter what you believe in you know reach out to trinity she's kind of keeping everyone updated online and um you know just offer some good wishes man Mm because yeah that's it's not good he's a young guy too man he's not an old guy so something yeah so that's crazy Yeah, yeah it is it is um so it just you know a reminder for us all right life is fragile um Okay, so, um, guys, we're coming back, you know, I I wanted to kind of start with what we're currently playing, or what you played really kind of over the holidays, because, uh, as we said, we've been gone away for a few weeks now, so um, anything good, guys? I mean, I'm boring as hell, because I have played Halo, and I've played pretty <laughs> much nothing but Halo. Um, in fact, I was trying to think if I've played any other game other than Halo, and... I think I did for like an hour one night, and I don't even remember what it was. So, <laughs> no, uh, okay,
3: so, so you're wrong, yeah. Ames. You played the Forgotten City.
0: Oh, thank you. I am wrong. Yeah. I played the Forgotten City. I beat the Forgotten City. I beat it in one day. I beat <laughs> oh, it in one yeah. day. Um, fantastic game, by the way. It's actually on my top 10 of last year. So if you haven't checked yeah. it out. Check we it gotta out. Yeah. We got to convert. Yeah. I got all four endings. Um, the fourth <laughs> ending is kind of the canon ending. It's really, really cool. Very fun game. And it's... You can beat the whole game in, what, six hours, maybe, six, seven hours, something like that.
3: Um, And
0: and it's on Game Pass, so you have Mm. no excuse. Uh, It is a, it's kind of a mystery-solving game. So think, you know, like in Outer Worlds, where you have conversations with people, and you're trying to figure out what's going on, you know, Mm. like it's just kind of, so it's kind of like that, and you're trying to figure out the history of this ancient city that you've been dropped into. And, um, it's just really engaging. Like it, it just kind of feeds you things moment after moment. And you kind of want to just pull on that thread and continue figuring it out. And it's just, it's really, really good, man. Really good. Yeah.
3: It's got so many little twists. Like little, little kind of things where you're like, oh, that's crazy. And then you're like, oh, that's crazy. And then by the time you get to the fourth ending, you're like, dude, I don't even know what's happening. This is like crazy. The fourth ending is like, it just blows you away. So, such a good, yeah,
0: it's definitely wild. Well,
3: I never thank you for reminding me though.
0: I forgot about that. That's one of my favorite games. I forgot I played it. (laughs) (laughs) It's on my top 10. Yeah, Yeah, that's it. Anyway, what you guys been playing, man? I'll start with you. Anything good?
2: Oh yeah, man! I've been playing. Uh, whoo man? I've been honestly, man. I've just been playing one game over the past Uh-oh. couple weeks. Just one game only. That game being The Witcher Three. Yes.
3: Whoa. Let's yes. hear about it. Dude.
2: Yes, The Witcher Three. For First time? Probably no. It's like my 88th playthrough, bro. Okay. 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 <laughs> even better. Now, even better. Yeah, yeah. No. Honestly, you know what it was because this holiday season i elected to catch up on a lot of shows i was behind so you know i was watching the recent season of better call saul um finishing up ozark expanse and of course the witcher season two drop. and Great you know shows, man. yes Great shows. oh absolutely bro it's just it's been beautiful yeah. yes
3: <laughs> yeah but Travis, what is it what is it bro? You no know, it's funny is like you remind me of this other guy i knew in the games industry who Uh was just like you. Like I got along with him really well. Whenever I'd submit events, I'd be like, Oh, this is my dude. And then one, one, like one, like month during break, I saw him only posting like movie reviews, just like you, like on, I just saw you (laughs) posting like a ton of music, movie reviews. Yeah. When we, when we came back from the break, he had left the uh mo- the games industry to go become a movie critic. And I was like, oh, no, wow. we lost this guy <laughs> to movies. <laughs> and uh, I just – I saw your post, and I was like, he's only been posting about movies. Am I going to lose another one, another good oh. <laughs> to movies?
2: <laughs> no, Chavis, you don't got to worry because that game, it stays in my name, man. It's never yeah. going. You ain't, there ain't going to be no Neo Movie Spark. Not at all. Neo game Spark Neo will review movies. movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, review, <laughs> I'll review movies. <laughs> We get no type of like sub channels in this, but no traffic always gaming brother always gaming because <laughs> the witcher season two, just because the way I don't want to get too much in spoilers, but the way they handled that season, they took a lot of liberties from the games, right? So yeah combat more like the games and I'm like, man, I want to play the witcher three again. So, you know, I just booted it up just to, you know, let's see how far I get. I might not play through the whole game because, you know, with the expansions and everything that's easily over a hundred plus hours. So I'm oh, like, yeah. I don't want to start 100 hours. Now nah, let's see how it goes. I booted it up. It's 60 frames. I'm like, yep, yep. I ain't turning this off. I sat and I played the game for, I want to say, like six hours straight. <laughs> and then I looked at the clock and it was 4 a.m. in the morning. And I don't know about y'all, but like these days, I kind of prioritize my sleep more than staying up really late to play games. Because, you know, I'd rather wake up a little early, get an hour of gaming in versus like staying up really, really late and disrupting yeah. my sleep. Um, but now nah, the Witcher, it just, it brought me back to that period in time in gaming where I really used to binge games. So that's was like six years ago. Uh, and it was beautiful, man. Like I just checked my, um, in game clock in Witcher three and I'm already at 30 hours and I just yeah. started playing it a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's been a lot of fun just going back and doing it. And I picked a really good time because, uh, January is a dry month for gaming yeah so there's not a lot of new releases i'm seeing a lot of folks go back and play things from their backlog maybe replay some things um so yeah the witcher 3 has been the game i've been playing alongside um life is strange true colors and telltale batman so i wanted to throw into uh like story driven games not really much engagement finishing like eight to ten hours but yeah it's it's been a lot of fun
0: i uh i've heard pretty good things about true colors man how far into it are you Ah, uh, so I'm about three hours into the game, and yeah, have you played um any of the previous Life is Strange titles? Intermittently, some kind of. Mm. I think it was two where I played for like a couple hours, and I just kind of lost me. And then I think I played one for longer. I don't, I don't think I finished any of the Life is Strange games. Mm, okay. Dan's favorite game, though, so I'll let you know. God, I hate them.
3: <laughs> no, that hey. game great. That game is great. Uh, of course the, it is. The, the well, I'm action. saying with, with the with the
2: colors of your shirt, Dan, I mean, you'd fit in right there. <laughs> okay, Straight <man>. up, bro.
1: <laughs> I, I got I'm to saying. the I, – I literally – I think it was two. Maybe it was two, I, and I think her name was Chloe. She was walking on a train track right in the very beginning. And then she goes down to some club or something, some kind of, like, weird club out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, that was it for me. I literally <laughs> made it down the hill. The, the, and then she started talking. Used, I was just like, I don't want to hear another word come out of your mouth because I will want to punch you in the face. Wow. So that was, that was all I could do. Wow, this is aggressive. Yeah, the I'm thing is, I,
2: I could understand why some folks don't like the Life is Strange games, especially the earlier titles. The writing is very, like, I don't know. Like, I felt the generational gap. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, I'm oh, like, are, are these how kids talk nowadays?
0: <laughs> so I you guess. can imagine Dan. <laughs>
2: Yeah, straight up. it was so weird. But the one thing I do love about True Colors is that the writing is vastly improved. And okay. if you have never played any of the Life is Strange games, I recommend playing <laughs> this one right here just to give it a shot because it's the most technically polished. Um, yeah. It has the best acting and all the games, the better writing. And like I said, I'm still three hours in. So we'll see what happens as the story progresses if it lives up to all those expectations. But um yeah, you know, just a lot of um cinematic games just to, you know, tie myself over before, you know, the onslaught begins.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got you. Yeah. We're and we'll talk about that a little bit later too, because we are about to get hit with all kinds of crazy games. Um, which is fantastic. But Travis, what you been up to, man?
3: Yeah. Well first I uh, definitely want to uh, bump neo's recommendation of true colors. that game really surprised me. Um, I think it is it is really good and you don't have to I've heard really good things. Completed. yeah, you don't have to have played or completed <laughs> the other ones to get through it. but um yeah, I played a ton of games over the break. That's basically how I spent my entire holiday. I don't uh, really do family stuff. so uh, i was I was able to just sort of catch up on my backlog and I completed my goal of playing every game that was nominated at the game awards. Um, mm. so yeah, I I, uh, I I finished off with Psychonauts 2, which I beat on literally the last day of the year, about six hours before the new year. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, and actually ended up going back and doing Psychonauts 1 as well. I did a 100% uh, run on that uh, as well via um, backwards compatibility. Surprised how well that game has aged. I know it has gotten facelifts because of I was playing it on the Series S, and it, it you know has been upres and all that stuff. But yeah, I was I was surprised by how um, how good it was and also how little they changed in psychonauts 2 like if you play second one and then you jump into two yeah. it's like wow they didn't change anything like this formula apparently held up super well because yeah you're still collecting figments and all that stuff i was just really surprised by uh, by it but yeah it was a great game um and then uh in the new year I've, I've sort of just been playing a whole bunch of stuff i went back and beat all the halo games <laughs> which uh, (laughs) i I, I saw you like going through yeah yeah i went through all of them now i'm on halo wars too um so yeah i'm I'm like literally doing all of them uh just because i played through halo infinite i actually didn't get as much time as i wanted with halo infinite like i expected my break would be like a lot of that but i ended up catching up on on my backlog but i'm pretty much 100 percent caught up on my backlog now i'm feeling pretty good about it um and then uh in the new year, I already have my first three reviews for IGN, um, which nice. is pretty great. Ooh, um, there so we go. I'm, can you I'm talk about it? Uh, yeah, I can, I can talk about okay. all of them. I'm reviewing um, a sequel to a Neo Geo game that came out in 1994 called talk
0: Windjammers. Um, yeah, Windjammers. Yeah,
3: Windjammers 2. Okay. So Windjammers 2, uh, which is made by a, a French uh, development company that's really, really, really big fans of the original and, and 2 is uh, you know, <laughs> incredibly... Um, Uh, what do you say what do you call it um dedicated to replicating kind of the original feel and all that stuff um but yeah it's it's good that that review will be up on january 20th and then on february 10th uh i'll have my review of crossfire x um, which i'm reviewing uh should be should be pretty fun and then on february 22nd i will be reviewing destiny Two: the witch queen oh uh, yeah i've got my 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 reviews lined up for me yeah, so that's a big one, uh, man. Yeah, for you know. IGN, yeah, Good this job, is my guys. third review for Destiny. I I basically do all the Destiny <coughs> reviews now since um since mm. Destin Legary, the guy who previously did it,
0: hates reviewing games. He hates, yeah. It. Uh, so yeah. So it's a I'm good sure. thing, good timing this morning that you're pissing off all the Destiny community. Yeah. So As nice, I say, yeah. That. Mm-hmm. It's it's strategic, two or three
3: Yeah. So they're not surprised by my review when I give Destiny yet again a seven, which has been a, kind of my history. Dan improves. <laughs> Dan approves. <laughs> yeah. Right
2: there, so. Tra- See, the thing about Travis is that he lives. He lives by a philosophy. He can take the beating. He can take the hate. He does it for the culture to make Destiny gaming great.
0: That's it, right there, bro. <laughs> 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 oh man that's cool though man that's awesome yeah Windjammers uh you know being this old Neo Geo guy Windjammers was a big game for the Neo Geo community it was a lot was, of fun yeah. too. so I'm, it's a uh, great I'm game so, it
2: didn't they didn't yeah, they just re-release uh the first one like a while back yeah they did, I have yeah. a limited
0: I have a limited Ooh. run games physical version of it with a frisbee and everything it's hanging up on I... the wall
3: yeah, yeah so that uh i actually i was five when that game came out
0: uh when Jamers, uh, won. <laughs> you always so, have to remind us that we're old we know we're old yeah, we're okay all right bows. well i'm just, I'm just <laughs> letting sunshine, you know yeah. um
3: so i i i understandably missed that game wasn't really on my uh on my list um and so i actually went back and played when jammers won before doing a review i like bought it on the switch and i played through you know all the stuff mm. and i was like this game like holds up. Like I'm yeah. really surprised how, how much fun it is. It's like a Pong reimagined as like a fighting game. Um so and the the sequel definitely like kicks it up a notch and adds like you know modern fighting mechanics to it while keeping kind of the ultra balance, you know, uh that it's got going. So it it's it's been really impressive so far.
0: That's cool. Yeah, and, and just a to note too, believe me, none of us all of us miss Neo Geo games when we were younger because no one could afford them
3: they're way (laughs) too
0: expensive neo geo was that one where like you'd find the one game store in your town out of like 20 that had a neo geo behind the counter and you would just go in there and stare at it and wish your parents were rich (laughs) that's what neo geo was no one had one um anyway that's crazy um joe or dan (laughs) man anything good
1: not i mean so i I kind of fell into neo's trap as soon as the Season two was over. You guys are
0: green yes. again. I wrote three, for three, three. three for three. Whoa! I whoa! I can't do this. This is Tra- not, Travis. This is this is alarming. This is either no, going to be the best happen. year
2: of our lives or the worst year of
0: our lives.
3: It's a
2: it's a I guess. Or.
3: yes.
0: Yes, I'm, I'm I'm putting
3: my money on Neo Movies Park. So there um, sure. we go. <laughs> <laughs> live live from the premiere of Doctor Strange and <laughs> the Multiverse of Madness. I, I only
1: made it like 15 hours. And, and I, then I had to stop because I was like, okay, we've got another, we've got the big update coming next year at some point. Mm. I could easily do another 300 hours yeah. into this game, not even think about it. And I was playing at the time, Tales of Arise, and I was like, okay. gosh, I really want to play this game. And it, it starts off a little slow, but man, once it gets rolling, man, that game it, it jumped. Yeah, Arise. Okay. So I kind of put The Witcher down for a little bit, went back to Tales of Arise. I've been playing that pretty much constantly but then i you know my, my problem becomes well i own all these games but i don't own them on all systems so i really <laughs> so then, then the holiday sale comes out and it's like 75 off oh i can get star wars jedi on ps5 for 10 bucks yeah i'll get that and then i play Why? That whole thing. <laughs> i don't know i don't know
2: <laughs> I, I i had a similar problem like that when yeah. the first bioshock came out I bought it, and I loved it on 360. Then I heard it was coming out on PS3 with bonus content. Well, you know, it's been a year. (laughs) I'll play Bioshock again. Then I got a gaming (laughs) PC two years later. I want to see what Bioshock is like at 60 frames. Then the Remaster collection comes out. You know what? Three games, 40 bucks. Oh, (laughs) come on. Bioshock, you can't blame me, though. Bioshock is legendary. Bioshock is so good.
1: Yeah, Yeah. there's there's games like that, you know, and I'm never going to pay full price, but then I bought What else did I buy twice? Cyberpunk. I bought Cyberpunk on there. All right, we got all right. right,
2: we've we've peaked, we peaked with three for three. Now (laughs) it's back to normal. Here's the (laughs) thing. I mean, I
1: I, you know, I I have my issues with that game. I have never like the difference between the two, because I always like seeing what the actual difference is with my own eyes. Yeah, there Mm -hmm. are like seven pedestrians in the entirety of Night City on the PS5 version, like seven. Like you might yeah, they they said it's a
0: big difference, didn't they?
1: Not like seven in this area, like seven in the whole city. <laughs> like sometimes they're all together. And then there's like a one guy. It's it's so crazy how much of a difference it is, you know, on these systems and you know, and, and but it's still good. It still runs great, you know, on you know, in a, in a solid frames and everything like that. But I I just kind of been jumping around a lot. But Tails has kind of been the one that's uh, surprised me a little bit. Um, mm. I actually talked with Hector over at uh okay uh, what was IOP and yeah i was like listen man is it worth getting you know this 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 you know all the ultimate edition stuff and all that mm-hmm. stuff because it was all on sale for really really cheap and he's like he's like yeah you know and, you know but he he kind of convinced me and i i've been loving it i played the demo it's really fun i love the combat in it i love the combat system it's not like your typical turn-based stuff it's more like it's a little more action-paced
0: yeah, yeah i tried it too yeah yeah
1: i really enjoyed it so i've been i've been playing the heck out of that short of that it's just been jumping back into old games for some reason like the witcher 3 and cyberpunk and jedi Fallen order i mean i could probably keep going there were so many of them that you know i, I for some reason like, and it just keeps me for about you know a day or two you know and then i'll jump back into something else but tales has been kind of the the one that's been constant throughout the break anyway.
0: Tales is one of the highest rated games of the year. When I went back and looked at kind of, you know, the top 10 rated games of the year, Tales is right up there. Oh, I Um, understand. I've heard really good things. So, yeah, I played the trial and I really liked it. I'm always weird on JRPGs because it's like I love some of them and then others I can't get through. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really enjoyed what I played at Tales, so I need to make time for it
1: there is some cheesy cheesy dialogue for sure <laughs> You know, it's, that's got a jrpg
0: yeah yeah it's got
1: some of those jrpg <laughs> tropes where it's just like you know you see the
2: guy and he's just like oh you know, <laughs> just like, you I,
1: know,
2: was, I will guy. say this this much as someone who's i've played tales basically my entire life this is the one that's got some of the strongest writing and less tropiness yeah. and the storytelling that they I'm not going to really spoil it, but Dan knows what I'm talking about. They go to some dark places in this story, and they don't shy away from those things. It's not like one of those, hey, we're doing this thing, and it's like surface-level face value. It's like, no, 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 no. We're doing this thing, and these are the consequences for this thing and how it affects people. Trauma the video game. That's all I can say.
0: (laughs) 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 That's good, man. That's good. All right, guys. While we get into uh, while we get into our main topics this week, and I wanted to start off with uh, kind of one of the biggest announcements of the week, but tie it into a couple things really, which is PlayStation announcing uh, PSVR two um, and what it means for you know obviously PlayStation how it compares with other uh, virtual reality headsets on the market. If you weren't really aware, and we don't cover VR too heavily here, but if you weren't aware, like VR, especially over the last several months, has really seen kind of a, uh, you know, the explosion that I think VR fans have been waiting to see for a while. Uh, The Quest 2 has been a, uh, you know, the sales of the Quest 2 has really gone through the roof. A lot of new people getting into VR. And uh, I guess PlayStation just felt it was a good time to capitalize to say, hey, look, reminder, we've got an update to VR coming for PlayStation 5. And they got their specs out there and their stats that basically, um, you know, wanted to show people that, look, this is going to be a high-end unit. Because I think the conversation around PSVR, the original unit for the PS4, had always been, it's fine, uh, but it's an entry-level unit, right? It doesn't compete at the same level of uh, kind of the Oculus units, the Vive, et cetera, the PC equivalents. And I think that VR, um, VR2 from PlayStation uh, is uh, is doing exactly that. It's going to be a high-end VR VR unit, excuse me. In fact, uh, sorry for our audio listeners, but I'm going to pull up this comparison that IGN did. um, Just kind of looking at some of the stats. And if you look through this, you can see how well it stacks up against the uh, Quest 2 and the Valve Index even. Um, You know, it's an OLED screen. It has eye tracking, which is the only unit with eye tracking. Uh, strong field of view Um, they did say that it's going to have a single cord to the ps5 but everything else is wireless which was one of the big complaints uh, about psvr originally Um, but it's you know it's a uh, it's a high-end unit they didn't give pricing or release date yet Hmm. but we can expect that um, you know many people are kind of estimating you know 399 maybe 300 if playstation really wants to take the hit but Okay, no Travis way. doesn't seem to agree with Mm-mm. that. Mm-mm. But... Um, no way. But, um, you know, I, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on a couple aspects here, right? Because there's... I'm very excited about it, personally. Uh, and I, I want to see what PlayStation can do with next-gen VR, kind of new-gen VR with the PS5. But, you know, there are the kind of comments of, you know, PS5 is already very hard to get a hold of. The chip shortages aren't ending anytime soon. They're tying this whatever priced unit to another $500 unit that is hard to get a hold of what does that do from a market space are they going to have enough developer support and first party support to create games that you really want to play on this thing so guys I'll get your overall thoughts PSVR 2 do you like what you see are you interested in it and what do you think about its viability in the console market space compared to say PSVR 1 which kind of you know, it, it did okay. It did well. It's the, It was the best-selling VR unit, but it's not like it blew away the market, right? It wasn't a, a largely mainstream thing. So, Neo, I'll start with you, man. Yeah, of course. So, I'm probably going to have like the shortest to say on this
2: because okay. I'm not really um, someone who's that interested in the concept of VR. I mean, I like the idea okay. of it. I've messed around with PlayStation VR, Oculus. Basically, at any time I can go to A friend's house who has a vr unit or i go to a convention and they're like hey come check out this game i always like to see what it's all about and i like vr but my whole thing everything comes down to a value proposition and for me spending whether it's 300 400 or 500 on a headset when there's not that much software available to me it kind of makes it like all right this is a luxury and yeah we can look at a lot of things like luxuries but for me when i see the list of games or experiences there it's 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 a really narrow list. So VR is always going to be a tough sell for me as a consumer. Okay. However, if I'm looking at it objectively, PlayStation VR 2, from a technical point of view, looks phenomenal. Like, they're doing a lot of the right things that need to be done. Um, the fact that it's not 100% wireless, I'm, I'm not sure if the masses are going to gel with that. Because, you know, when you have something like the Quest 2. And I think the reason why the Quest 2 has sold so well is that it's literally... Just take it out of the box, put it on, you're good to go. Like, that's a very yep. easy sell for it's people. A standalone versus, unit. Yeah, versus um, the original PlayStation VR where you had to have the console, you had to have the camera, you got to have the move controllers, you got to have the unit, you got to have all the wires, you got to have the little dongle box, you got to have everything. So it, it's literally, my best friend, he said it best. Like I, I literally, it's, it's like an all-day activity when I have VR. Like, I have to <laughs> set everything up like I'm recording something for a YouTube video. I was like, wow, that's crazy um but you know i to combat what i've heard from some folks saying why are they focusing on the vr when no one can get the the base playstation 5 they've been developing this vr for years yeah Yeah. and no one could have ever anticipated the supply chain shortage and how it's affecting the world so regardless you know these games still got to get made and this tech is still getting made so even though there's limitations they're going to do what they can with the limitations and you know for a console like the PlayStation 5 that has not been available to the masses, like you can go into Walmart and buy it, it's still charting and it's still breaking the record. So yep. I think the people will show up for it if they're interested in it. Um, Pricing-wise, I'm going to be really interested to see because I think one of the benefits of having something like the Quest 2 be at that sweet spot of $299 is is that it made it very palpable whether it's someone who just wants to buy it for you know shits and giggles or somebody who's like oh you know 299 that's not bad like i'm sure you guys know a couple people who bought a series s just because it was 299 like that's cheap yeah go ahead (laughs) i'll keep it in the living room um but knowing playstation optimistically i want to say 400 but i would not be surprised if this thing is 500 bones like easily okay.
0: man easily yeah but yeah the i mean tech is the tech is up there yeah yeah
2: It like when cool. you look at everything you don't even have to know much about the technology to know oh they're doing this and eye tracking wait the only thing with eye tracking wow okay yeah, <laughs> all that stuff but yeah i mean it's it's just one of their initiatives they want to focus on um a new um a new medium in gaming that being vr and it's starting to tick up a lot of people are getting interested in it um, I'll be on board when we start getting really compelling software and not yeah. just,
0: hey, this is a cool experience. It exactly. The same. exactly. It's, it's the already same. here, guys. So- so we've got a. You touched on a lot of things there, and we've got a lot of comments around uh, some of the conversations I've been having offline too on this. So uh, touch on the technology because um, you know you commented on it, and I know Matt did here. The processing power between the Quest Two and PSVR Two should be enormous, and yeah, the PSVR oh, Two. I think people aren't understanding um, just how advanced this thing is based on what yeah. Sony showed at CES, <laughs> right? I mean, this is going to be a premier VR unit um and to your guys's point around price that starts to factor in eye tracking oled you know the processing power the you know everything that goes into it the uh, haptic right they pr- they developed the haptic for the dual sense in parallel to what's going to be developed for the psvr2 so there's you know you get that sensation and it's unique to the platform all of that it <laughs> costs money right obviously uh substantial money to develop and that's translating down to the unit but you know, I think the conversation, which I know Mo touched on right here, um, 500 is suicide. And I, you know, so I see Travis and I'm going to get to you, Travis, but I think we have this conversation about consoles all the time, right? Mm-hmm. It was a console can't sell at 500 or 600, what have you. We obviously know from PS5 and Series X, that's not necessarily true nowadays, but When you're talking about a $500 investment for the PS5, if they come out at $499 for this PSVR 2, now you're talking about a $1,000 investment. Not that the tech isn't worth it, uh, and not that I wouldn't buy it. I'd still buy it. But we're talking about from a mass market adoption, right? Can can Sony release a $500 headset that has to go with a $500 console that's hard to get a hold of and expect to have enough units on the market to support... um, to support first-party development solely for that unit, I think that's the question that people are concerned about. Which is why I think people are saying they got to hit three ninety-nine, even if it's a loss, because you got to get people in the door with the unit. So, Travis, you've been making some faces. I think uh, you have some disagreements here on the on the pricing, but I want to hear your thoughts on just a, on on everything that we said, right? Not just yeah. the uh, pricing, but the the unit itself.
3: Well, first, I will just want to say that I was like Neo about 18 months ago where I was just sort of like you know I like the idea of VR but everything I played felt like a tech demo and I just wasn't right. sold on it and my entire perspective shifted when I finally bought this the valve index the Rolls-royce of the VR headsets right or <laughs> yeah. for now and I inv- and I invested <laughs> in a I invested in a, a like a $3,000 gaming PC because I was redoing my PC for work right for for game, games reviews and all that and i played half-life alex right and if you play that half-life alex it's not just a good vr game it is a incredible video game period mm-hmm. and if you yeah. play that game it will it will convert you like i was just like okay yeah. now i know vr can be good now it's just a matter of waiting for the entire games industry to catch up to what that game did because nothing has touched it since right yeah. and i think the, and, and i've heard that from a lot of people, yeah lot of people it's it's good it seems
2: like it's a really good game but for me it's like all right half-life vr what else (laughs) but here's the (laughs) thing
3: it all all you need to do is show that it can work one time and and it, i i think that game will become a model for other developers for play, for vr and i think the reason it wasn't happening until that point is because the only thing that had been successful were the beat sabers were yeah. you know the the tech demos were your batman and that sort of stuff and i think that half life showed that you can do a story you can do a full game with upgrading rpg mechanics with incredible combat all that stuff it did it did all of it right like that game is mm-hmm. a 10 out of 10 in my book like and and in fact, my editor in chief, uh, Dan Stapleton, gave it a ten out of ten when he reviewed it for IGN. So um, that that game is is like incredible. Um, so I became a believer, and I just started buying up headsets. I've got the Oculus Quest. I I sort of just started, started buying, up, buying headsets. up headsets. <laughs> yeah, what? they're buying up headsets. Yo. Um, yeah, I have three VR headsets, and then I and then I borrow the PlayStation VR, which is the only one I don't own. But yeah, I. I, I sort of got got really into it because of that. I was like, all right, well, it's here. Let's go and see it out there. And obviously nothing is at the level of Half-Life Alex. Like that. that's sort of it. But mm. I think that that game is is sort of the beginning of people being like, okay, look at that. Like they, they did it. Now chase yeah. it. And I think you're mm-hmm. going to start to get like really, really unmissable experiences on these headsets. Yeah. Now, that's the template, playing, right? Now you have you know, something to aim template. at. That's the template exactly but you it, that sort of has always been the model right like one person makes a game and you're like halo the first shooter on a console and it opens the floodgates right and yeah it just, yeah, yeah. it's sort of it i think that that's really what's happening it's just that the development cycle in vr games is really long and and you know half-life alex only came out two years ago so uh um, it's already been two I, I years that, yeah it's been two years yeah it came out in wow. 2019 yeah 2019 game of the wait, year it's wait, about, about to be
0: it's
2: about to be wait when in 2019 because that's about to be three it's years. at the end of the year the oh, end of the end year? year. Okay. So, How about
3: yeah. sale? Yeah. What? Wow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that was like a lot of outlets as game of the year. And I think the only reason it wasn't universally game of the year in 2019 was because no one could afford it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cuz you do need yeah. a multiple thousand dollar PC. And <laughs> where I where I disagree with you guys on uh the headset is the Steam VR, the Valve Index is yep. $1,000. Jesus. it is it is a one thousand dollar headset right now it, it in my opinion the valve index is still going to be more powerful than the playstation vr the playstation vr probably will have uh it has a better resolution on the face but it's missing key things it's missing anchors that uh, help control the room right they're like these little uh things that you put on the side yes that, that mm. scan the room right it doesn't have that um it I, I've seen the the controllers that they're still using those move controllers. I don't think that's going to cut it at all. The, the valve Index's controllers are incredibly good. They, I thought they were using
2: brand new, I thought they're using brand new controllers and I'm using them. I I think they are using,
3: they are using brand new controllers, but at least in the images we've seen, they look sort of like the old ones, at least from what I've seen. We'll, we'll see if they surprise me, but the, the valve index has these really unique controllers that stick to your hands. So you can you can open your hand and it still is on, oh, on your hand, right? Okay. They like tie in. And then when you close your hand, the controller has uh, has um, touch screens on the controller. So it knows if your fingers are up or down. So if you're grabbing mm. something, you that's reach out choice. and you grab it. And when your hand's on the controller, it means you're closed around whatever object you have. And that's really useful because it means you can pick up an item by holding the controller and then you can let go and drop it. Um, and that that is like part of the user experience that I think makes it incredible, right? Because in Half Life, you're like grabbing ammo out of your bag and loading your gun, and you know it like everything that it does is so incredible. Um, um, so I think the, so. So yeah. Joe
0: gave us the very technical breakdown of the controllers. Yeah. Uh, he said they're brand new with motion sensors for your fingies. Perfect. Mm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so so
3: so it sounds like, it sounds like they are doing the motion uh, te- uh, thing. So really, the only thing the PlayStation VR isn't beating the valve index on are those third party trackers, which I think they will probably sell as an add on. And I bet you, if you buy it in a bundle, it'll be very close to what the steep, the valve index costs. So it'll be like almost a thousand dollars probably. Jesus. Um, even if they're taking it at a loss. Right. <coughs> um, so I, th- I think PlayStation's brand has basically always been about competing at power. Right. And people point to the quest Two as a success and it definitely is a success, but it's a very different success from the valve index and from uh, you know, the HTC Vive and all that stuff yeah. is, is that it, those those headsets are made for different types of games and also different types of consumers. And I think that the people who buy those headsets, they know what they're getting into. And and it's it really is like a leap, but it, it is not for everybody. I don't think PlayStation is hoping to sell millions of these units. I think that they're looking at the PlayStation VR too the same way that Xbox look, looks at the Series X, which is it's not for everyone. But the people who want it really want it to be at this level. And I think that you you have to do the same with VR if you're going high end. There's two, there's two schools of thought. There's the Oculus Quest, a fun little toy that can do some some fun experiences, but it it doesn't, it doesn't really hold a candle to what high-end headsets do. And then there's the high end. And if you get into that, you really like know what you're doing, right? Um, and I, I I trust in PlayStation's ability to create experiences that make the PSVR 2 worth that investment. So I'm expecting $500 at a minimum, personally. Okay. I think okay. it'll be $500 for the headset and the controllers and all that stuff. And then I think they'll probably sell those uh, motion tracking anchors as an add-on. That'll probably be like another 200 bucks. So maybe $700, $800 all said and done. Um, okay. and, and I think people should probably be prepared for that. Because the Valve Index is a very expensive headset, and this comes close to that. Um, yeah. So I would be very surprised if it wasn't. But I think PlayStation's big disadvantage is the Quest, for all of its lack of power, it's got the exclusives. It's got a lot of exclusives. It's 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 a machine made for exclusives, and that's because that's all they focus on, right? Facebook isn't in the console market. They just make VR games. Um, and on the other side is uh, Steam... valve index which is sort of an open source it can play any vr game that you can play on pc you can use that headset and it's sort of it doesn't it doesn't have a walled garden like playstation does playstation's big achilles heel is going to be content and i don't think they're going to have a lot of it because they don't have a ton of studios dedicated to doing it i think they'll have ports from the quest that aren't exclusive i think they'll have stuff that comes from steam to playstation but i think that the thing that could kill them is if they don't support it with enough software that's going to be brutal because it's the thing that they missed on playstation vr one if you play that yep. game that that console like it it's also low end it, it's probably the most low-end headset honestly from what i've played that one makes me throw up and i i'm one of the people that doesn't really <laughs> throw up from headsets i reviewed okay. a vr game on playstation vr and threw up like twice and had like Oof. i was like messed up was it was it, like was really it that
2: was up. it um because i remember one of my friends um uh, broken games hdr he he was playing um playstation vr what is that e3 and i think it was i think it was rigs rigs one of those uh like combat yeah. games and he was saying like after i think 15 20 minutes he said like my stomach was about to fall out of my yeah yeah it's not
3: a it's not a stomach vomit if you vomited from <clears throat> vr it's a headache vomit have you ever had your mm. head so messed up that you threw up Like it's a, it's way worse. Like I would way more rather have like an upset stomach and throw up. But like, it's like your (laughs) brain is so feverish that you throw up. And for me, it wasn't like 15 minutes. It was the fact that I had to review the game. If you review a game, you have to play it for dozens of hours. Right. So I was in a VR headset. Well, depends what outlet you work for. Yeah. yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> no, I booted I up the main menu. Here are my this thoughts. Guy. Yeah, he shows <laughs> yeah, exactly. silence. Um, um, yeah, well, so I, I'm playing it for dozens of hours, and I, it was like, you know, after, after four hours in the headset, especially with PSVR has really low resolution the first one and it also has mm-hmm. really bad frame rate and so if you're doing yeah, full does. motion it does it messes you up dude it messes you up so bad i played half-life <laughs> alex for like three days and i was like i want to go back in like give me more mm-hmm. of that because uh yeah. that game you know if you're not playing full motion it, it really doesn't it's not a not a um, kind of hurtful game um but yeah I, i'm really looking forward to playstation vr going down this path i think they can kill it i'm worried about software i'm not worried at all about price i don't think that they plan on selling this to everyone and i don't think they have to to be successful there's definitely a model Mm -hmm. for that um but oculus has got the games valve index right now has the platform and the tech advantage and playstation would have to do everything perfect to be really successful with this headset so i'm super curious I'm a believer in, in VR now. I'm a hesitant believer, though, because I'm not one of those guys who likes to put on the headset and, and goof around and play tech demos. I, I don't understand people who <laughs> play that. I don't watch Netflix in VR headsets like some people do. I think that's psychotic. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know... I, I I really appreciate it as an art form now, and I realize it can produce good games, and so I'm really interested in this Horizon experience and stuff. Anyway, I
0: talk forever, yeah. but I have a lot of you opinions sure did. On VR, but, you sure did. Yeah, so. um, <laughs> no, all, all good points though. All good points. And there's a lot of comments that are commenting on things you've touched on, so you may want to kind of scroll up and read through those while sure. I uh, we hear Dan thoughts. So, yeah, just a couple things real quick: is content is always going to be king, um, mm-hmm. and, and and PlayStation needs a. Needs a draw to PSVR to even to get some Sony fans invested, I think. And I think that's why they showed Horizon what was a call of the mountain, I believe it's called. Um, you know, and and there were a few developers I saw on Twitter that have worked on the game who said that this teaser doesn't really give you the best kind of example of what the game is. They said it, it is a full AAA VR experience, so I'm, I'm excited to see more on that because Horizon. As we use for the thumbnail this week for good reason, right? Forbidden West is coming. It looks absolutely staggeringly good. Um, I think it's going to be another massive first-party hit for PlayStation. If they can come out later this year, whenever VR2 is going to release, and have a triple-A Horizon experience tied exclusively to their VR unit after the kind of greatness of Horizon Zero Dawn's already cemented and now Forbidden West would be cemented, that's a big draw. Now to Neo's point, one game is one game. You know, you know, if it's one experience, that's not enough. They have to keep producing content. Um, but at least they show, from a first party perspective, that they're invested in it. So, Dan, um, we've been going for a while. I know you like me. I believe we bought PSVR the original unit at the same time. The same, me, you, yeah,
1: It was on sale. Yeah, it was. They had like it was the one ninety nine sale with, uh, yeah, Moss,
0: with Moss, Moss and Astrobot. That's right. Yep, we yeah. bought it all and at the same time. That's when everyone yeah. bought PSVR. No one bought it before that. <laughs> that's true.
1: <laughs> that was a, yeah. It was a version two of the headset. If you know, they were kind of trying to push it that it was at holiday season sale. And uh,
0: yeah, I did a couple, a couple of years a ago. A couple reviews for the site. You did. You did. Um, yeah. uh, Blood yeah. and Truth was a game Blood that Truth, was pretty yeah. big. Um, but anyway, I wanted to get your thoughts here because I know, I believe if I recall correctly to your sons kind of get into some of this. Yes. Um, so so you've, you've got a little more experience with it than, uh, than I do.
1: Right. We, so we have the Oculus quest two and then my oldest son has, uh, it's one of the vibes, but he's got the thing with like the belt and the ankle things and, and like, you know, all the sensors and all this other stuff that he's got all over his, you know, I can't remember which one it was. But he okay. plays it all the time, all the time. I mean, okay. and, but, you know, and it's it's more of a social thing for him, you know, and and a lot of his friends have it. And so they kind of get into these, you know, certain games that, you know, I guess there's some more of a social aspect. I don't really understand it. But Oculus, <laughs> on the other hand, that one, I played Half-Life Alex, And okay. I think with the Quest, you know, it's, it's wireless. And when we first got it, the Quest 2, I was like, this is, not you know there's not any games here i mean i mean there's some but they're not like there weren't there weren't a ton you really have to have you know a pc i think and 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 connect it through there because we, we went through that that was kind of a whole uh debacle i i was so confused on how that whole thing worked but uh shout out to uh wall of bill uh he, he uh he actually still well bill still well yeah he was he was okay. gracious enough to talked to me through it all and we got everything lined out and uh awesome. we did uh steam you know we hooked it up to steam vr and we, we just had access to pretty much everything and it was it was fantastic <laughs> uh played half-life alex agree with travis hard agree the game it will change your mind about vr but at the same time you know that's you know game one of hopefully many more like it right um but then it kind of, it, for me, it kind of got silly because I, I started getting into, uh, like the sword and sorcery game, which is just ridiculous. And it's just, it's just you go around, and you just fight people. It's just, it's there's nothing to it, you know. That's but then they started, idea. yeah, they started adding like Star Wars mods to it, and <laughs> you know, you can have like a lightsaber, and you can like, you know, choke people out with you know, like with your 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 hand. It, it's there's a lot of potential for VR, I think, and. I, I don't know, to Travis's point, if the software part of the equation is going to come together. At least right off the bat, um, I think maybe down the road you might be in better shape. But it, it's going to be—it needs a lot of third-party support. You know, it just—it's just going to. And, and yeah, uh, if they—I'm I'm assuming Sony's got some of that stuff already in the works. You know,
0: uh, they, they so, do have a couple studios. They said that they have a couple on right. VR and the, and. I forget who it was now it's someone on Twitter who's kind of an insider for lack of a better word but who who's reliable and he said last I heard they had secured last year an agreement in principle to bring Half-Life Alex to PSVR2 which I think the conversation yeah. we're having here and I hear everywhere is they need a game like Half-Life Alex on psvr2 and that's the game to draw people in who may not have played it on the pc side so right yeah if they could do that that'd be huge
1: it all depends on for me i actually got rid of after we got the oculus i was like i got rid of my psvr i was just Mm -hmm. like it literally does nothing i'll sell it to somebody who can maybe enjoy it you know right you know give it to one of my friends for a hellacious discount now i have a whole bunch of (laughs) software digitally that i can't use but that's fine um that's nothing unusual for me. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, I'm interested for sure, but a lot of it's going to come down to the games. You know, um, the last PSVR game I played was actually Hitman Three, and it was a humongous disappointment. For I remember me, you, you know. saying that. Yeah,
0: yeah. It, it was just
1: like it was just so not good. Because <laughs> 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 you've got you got such a good game, it did such a great job. It just almost felt like tacked on, and you know, I, yeah. and they, you know. From a content perspective, it's like, oh man, they did almost every game. You can go through and do the whole thing, but it just it just doesn't feel right, especially when you play on a higher end headset. Um, and, and it's just once you're here, it's hard to go back. Sure, you know, yeah, it's, it's of the course. same thing. As the, it's 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 the same thing as that. Like I can't play a game at thirty frames anymore. Just can't do it. <laughs> it's always going to be sixty, or it's not. I'm not even going to play it. Yeah. So yep. there goes my backlog, pretty much. <laughs> but um, I'm interested. Hopefully, hopefully they. support it that's going to be the biggest thing for me of
0: course yeah um the question i was going to ask you guys and travis kind of commented on it too is (laughs) is uh, part of what i've heard about the draw to vr from some others that i've talked to on this is uh non-gaming stuff and i know someone in the comments mentioned Hmm. it too which is like you know i believe it was um it might Oculus, i don't remember but like okay you want to watch say you're watching a basketball game you can watch the game in vr as if you're sitting courtside you know what i mean um or you can watch movies you know with uh, your friends kind of next to you or you can you know these kind of social experiences where you can interact with other entertainment uh through VR you can play you know it's not really a video game but you can play poker in VR with your friends right and you can play card games or these types of things so does do you guys feel that's a big draw to would it be a draw to you and do you feel it's a big draw for VR or are we purely at a, sp- at a spot where it's like, no, you got to give me the game content. This uh, this other entertainment doesn't interest me.
2: Yeah, um, so I think it's it
0: kind of... Yeah. I mean, I he, it. he, he, it's what I was saying. He, that's all, you know, that's most
1: of what he does in VR. Is Your son? Social aspect, yeah. Okay. You know, a lot of it's, you know, uh, I don't know if it's VR chat or whatever they are. It's, it's that's where he, him and his friends kind of use that as like a gateway to other things. You know, either watching movies together, having a game night, doing you know and that's how they start off and uh so i can see that going forward you know kind of ready player one-ish you know where you know if if that's the direction that you know facebook or meta whatever the hell they're called wants to go to you know whatever (laughs) i mean i won't be there anytime in my lifetime you know to where that's something that's like a normal thing but i can see it for sure you know having you know the problem is, you know, you you you, you got to invest in the hardware, right? Like you're, you're talking four hundred dollars, you know, to sit at a basketball game. I guess that's a good. Deal. You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, yeah. Hey, courtside tickets
0: aren't expensive or aren't
1: cheap. Yeah, I guess you know, in, in the, it pays for itself in the long run if that's what you're really doing. But it's still not the same as getting smacked in the face with a basketball that goes out of you know, control, <laughs> you know, whatever. You know. By the way, you Dan,
0: do. your 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 camera is looking like you're on PSVR. right
2: now
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's not super sturdy
0: yeah but to um
1: uh to
2: piggyback off uh what dan was saying i mean yeah i personally as someone who doesn't really see that much software available all i'd have would be those experiences that super casual stuff but the way i look at that stuff is it's kind of like Five minute entertainment like yeah it's cool we can get get the vr units play poker or we can walk around this simulated city like th- that stuff is cool but i do think that the content is going to be king for mass majority adoption like you could do that for something like the quest Two because it it's at a reasonable price point for general right. population but if you're spending like 500 plus dollars on it you expect a little more than hey Let me just look out like I can see somebody behind me. So I think obviously content is going to be king. Um, The best analogy I could say is you're building a cake. You don't want the icing and the sprinkles to be what people care the most about. You want to have them on there for people to experience it and just like, oh, this is a complete package, but the cake is what matters.
0: I like it. We're gonna we're gonna save that analogy for future topics, I'm sure. Okay, um, matters, I,
1: I literally eat ice cream I, uh, out of the tub, though. I mean, like just...
0: <laughs> Dan, I, we, we, we I, can't I, use I, you for this analogy. I, I see the icing. <laughs> the, well, Dan, I Dan would agree, eat icing. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think I think, I think,
3: I think the there's game. a place for, for VR outside of gaming, and there's especially like a um, a productivity VR push. Like I know I happen to know Oculus is working on that. Like they're working on headsets that cover less of your eyes you know so that you can basically like work on them and use them as like a a monitor and that sort of stuff and um i I think that there is a place for that sort of development but games are are what has driven a lot of technological development and they're also the main reason that these things exist especially on playstation vr i was just gonna say to your point
0: playstation yeah a good focus on games yeah
3: yeah, exactly. And so I, I think that that's always going to be the thing that, that is at the cutting edge and the thing that develops it. And to Neo's point, it's also the reason we're all here, right? It's the reason of that course. VR, VR heads wouldn't exist if they were just for productivity or just for hanging out. In terms of the hanging out with friends thing, I view that a little bit like Zoom. It's cool when you have to do it, but it'll never beat face-to-face interaction. And I sure. think you know once the pandemic's over, I think people are really going to be burned out on having digital interactions and um and will probably prefer to just go and hang out right um so i i I don't really see that as as um something that's gonna drive a lot of a lot of sales especially on the high-end vr headsets and so Neo's exactly right like that's not the reason you come to the platform of course i disagree that there aren't experiences to drive you there um i think that there's more coming every day i think half-life alex proves it's there i think horizon's gonna be big um but yeah there are some experiences on PlayStation or on, on VR that that you guys would be impressed by. It's just, you kind of have to search for them. And even if they're really good, they don't get a lot of exposure because so few people can afford to play it. I mean, there's the, the cost thing, there's the setup thing. There's the uh, fact that not a lot of people have space in their house to actually have uh, to play a VR game, especially the full body movement and all that stuff. There's just a lot of barriers of entry. And I think that's always going to be, it's Achilles heel. So,
0: Yeah. Very good points. Um, jo- Joe had to go and do it. Who's going to be the brave one to mention Pornhub VR? We're going to <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna leave that off the show for now, Joe. We're going to leave that off the show. We're, we're family friendly. Yeah, but, uh, you know... No, Dan. No, <laughs> yeah. no.
1: The, the playstation, no. Is play games, the, the plugins play are
0: open. I, like, I, get I, I get it.
1: I get it.
2: Hey, oh, y'all I remember that PlayStation it. After
0: Dark though? you <laughs> <laughs> no. know. Um, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's probably gonna be. Fun. We 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 I, talked I saw, about saw, Uno saw... on Connect previously. You know, we're not yeah. we're not going down this route again. <laughs> well, I saw lots of
3: people say that when that app came out on the PS4, it basically determined the winner of the generation because you know you, you that's how that's how the that's how the Blu-ray won over the HD DVD, right? uh It was True. that porn chose to use it, so yes, it has that, it has that, determined that the fate of many
0: platforms for decades. It definitely <laughs> is a factor. Yeah. Shut up, porn. Cannot ignore
3: it. I'm, waiting for the <laughs>
0: I'm just waiting um, to wake up one
2: morning, and I'm just, just trying to break it down.
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs>
3: we know you were Pretty trying fun. to break it down, Dan. Uh,
0: All right. All right. All right. All right. right. Wow. (laughs) Pong has a good comment here, which uh, is kind of what I was alluding to, right, is uh, for someone who's not uh, I think Pong said earlier that, you know, VR is one of those things that's kind of like he appreciates it. But to Neo's point, like appreciates Mm -hmm. it, can see it, but isn't just hugely interested in it. But uh, Pong says, concerts, sporting events, movies, plays, give me the option to travel the world, buy tickets to events with the best seats, I'd be interested in getting VR. And that that's kind of what I was alluding to, is not, not just those simple things, like, oh, I can watch Netflix with a friend, but yeah. things that we've seen video games try to replicate, right? Like, you remember, what was it, Assassin's Creed, where they did the um, the uh, History of Egypt thing through Origins, mm-hmm. remember, where they had, like, that teaching thing, and you could learn and walk around the... the um, God, the pyramids, and learn about you know Tutankhamun and all these things. So, being able to do that in kind of a first person perspective through VR, like you're there, could be just another type of experience that draws people in. Yeah. So, again, to your guys' point, I don't think it's a selling point, um, especially for a dedicated unit that's expensive, requires a PS5, but still, um, it be or. If, or-
2: or you could just be like, you just got to do the uh, hashtag get like Travis challenge. Collect them like the infinity Stones.
0: That's it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he's so like he's it. just putting one on after another. <laughs> like. I'm, I'm, I just want to say, I'm an
2: exception. I have to do it for work. I have, I have to have all the it's, platforms. It's a tax write-off. It's, it. it's a tax write-off. <laughs> I'm not going right. to lie. That is a benefit. That is a benefit of things being a tax
0: write-off. <laughs> no, no, no doubt. No doubt. All right, guys. Um, So I think we've covered, Uh, we spent a lot of time on uh, PSVR, yeah. too. So we, we don't have a price. We don't have a release date. When we do, we'll come back and revisit this topic, of course. But why don't we move on to some core gaming? Um, we've got some uh, good things that came out this week, and I want to start with uh, one of our favorite developers. Or, well, maybe not Dan's, but for Travis and I. Neo, I don't know where you stand, but that's From Software. Hmm. Um, hmm. Elden Ring is, uh, you know, one of the king titles that's coming out in this first quarter. And uh, don't want to talk about Alden Ring right now, but instead is that uh, it was released yesterday by someone on Reset Era, which is a form I don't like to promote, but um, they, uh, they basically received a survey from some from from software directly <laughs> about uh, Armored Core, and it had details of what the next Armored Core is going to be, along with reportedly two 30-second teaser clips that have, as far as I've seen or found, I haven't searched too deeply, but haven't been shared online. Um, but there are details on our site from the survey and screenshots of the survey talking about Armored Core uh, being their next game, and Miyazaki being directly uh, involved with the game. So... Elden Ring releases here next month, which uh, we'll touch on shortly. But um, Armored Core and From Software revisiting it. This was a big franchise for years, uh, but the last mainline entry hasn't been out since 2012 with Armored Core Five. So I know there's this kind of core community of Armored Core fans that are really excited about this. There's other people who are saying, "Forget the mech stuff, stick to Souls, Bloodborne, Sekiro type stuff." Where do you guys stand on this, man? You have any excitement for Armored Core coming back? Hell yeah. hardest from
3: soft by the way is the Armored core games some of those are really challenging
0: Uh, i admittedly uh am not very experienced with them i've played maybe two of them i don't think i've ever finished one of them so i'm i'm pretty naive to armor core to be honest
3: well i mean they're cool and i i honestly think um the last thing that from software should do a company that revolutionized the jrpg if you want to call it that um i would i would say it probably qualifies um if the, you know the company that revolutionized that category of games is to just keep doing that forever, I really don't like when companies do that, and I don't think it's in from software's DNA, honestly, to keep doing the same thing. So I think they've found small ways to innovate within uh, their existing formula based on massive success and massive demand from the fans for them to do so and keep going that direction. But I think that their next huge game after. Um, Elden Ring has to be something that we're not expecting at all. So I'm I'm good. Great. I think they should I think they should uh okay. they should continue to innovate and try some new stuff. And Armored Core is awesome. Some of their hardest games ever. So I think FromSoft fans definitely won't be disappointed in that regard. Uh, but yeah, I, I want them to do new stuff.
0: I completely agree. In fact, if you, I was thinking of talking to someone about this the other day, but if you look at even their kind of souls ish games that we like to talk about, they do new stuff, right? Like he's not traditionally a big fan of sequels. I think they kind of did Souls 2, which wasn't even Miyazaki as we know. And then I, it feels like Miyazaki felt he had to wrap that up with Souls 3 and did. Um, but as you know, then they did, you know, they did Bloodborne kind of in parallel. Then they did Sekiro. Now they're moving on to Elden Ring. They like doing new things, even if mm-hmm. it shares concepts from other games in their portfolio, which obviously isn't unique to from. Um, but, you know, even in the comments here, cool kill, good, uh, happy new year to you, brother. He said, ArmorCore is fire. Steve, you know, give it to me. Um, Tau, Armor Core, let's uh, effing go. So, you know, I've seen a lot of hype um, on this announcement of Armor Core, And, you know, we posted, we put that on our site yesterday morning, and there was a really strong response to it. So it seems like there's a big community support for mm-hmm. revisiting Armor Core. So.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, I've only ever dabbled in armored core. I mean, collectively, I think I probably have maybe 10-15 hours in the franchise, so I can't really speak too much on it, but it's it's one of those um franchises that it it has its fan base, and the thing I I kind of miss about um a lot of developers is a lot of developers back in the day, they didn't used to be one trick ponies. And I'm not saying this in a derogatory sense, but they, they had a lot more creativity. It was very often to see developers tackling two different genres simultaneously. And then for whatever reason in the past 10 years or so, they've isolated it to just one and obviously that has to do with the rising cost of, of game development and resources and you know people getting burnt out by management at the time so it's like all right let's just focus on making the best game we can rather than doing what we did before um but i think the soul series it's it's had its time in the spotlight people love it like the the dedication of the community to from software is so strong that i think they can afford to take a risk on bringing back armored core to have people interested in it. So I'm all for this, um, especially if they, you know, give it like a fresh coat of paint, maybe take some of the feedback into the account for the older games. Cause I'm seeing some people in the comments are like, yeah, bring back armored core, but make it more like these games in the series versus those. Um, So yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm all for that. I think um, diversity in the game community is great. It's, it's kind of why I'm hard on Microsoft for having like game specific studios like you have the coalition that only works on Gears of War. Mm. You have 343 that Not only anymore. works on Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's that's changing now. Um, but like for them to only work on those things, which for some studios that's what they want to do by all means. And if you're good at what you do, who am I to stop you from creating the next best thing? But as we've seen, like Gorilla was able to go from kill zone and then now they're doing horizon and just the hype for horizon versus kill zone there's no competition whatsoever yeah. um so yeah i'm i'm all for it if from software wants to get back to their roots or if this ends up being like some like a non a non-thing entirely
0: and they're actually working on a new ip i'm all for that too cool eric out here choosing violence chrome hounds is better <laughs> oh let's go i don't know I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not educated enough on Chromehounds or Armor Core to speak to that, but you can deal with the comments. Um, Mech games are cool, though. I think we can yeah. all agree. Met games, yeah, Mech games are cool. And uh, Tal says, you know, and this is a fair point, too, is he says it's what he knows from Software 4, mm-hmm. right? Before Souls got Same. big in the past decade, uh, Armor Core is a much older franchise for From, and it's what people loved From Software From. For Jesus, from and for constantly um but yeah i think uh you know i think it's interesting dan are you you uh armor core did you ever kind of get into them so the
1: first one on playstation the original oh you're uh, going way back ps1 yeah one of my favorite games on that system um and and then I, i didn't really equate from soft to sure armor core it was just like hey this game's really fun and i'm really enjoying myself and then after that I kind of just let it kind of go, you know, and now I, I, I'm all for it. If they do it right and and it's, you know, a well done version of this is any game really, you know, just just, yeah. you know, I, I'd much rather have that than, you know, uh, another
2: Souls game.
0: You know, hey, but, you, you know, watch know. your mouth. I, I got it. You know, all right. From. So I,
2: I need to we need to do a deep dive into this lore, um, <laughs> as a lot of Dark Souls fans love to do. Yeah, uh, you you gotta explain to me what's uh what's this uh fixation with the Soul series? What is it, Dan? I don't know what the fixation
0: oh he doesn't is. know. That's Travis. <laughs> I, I have no yeah, idea. That's Travis to me.
2: No idea. You know, it's, <laughs> no, like, it's, is it it's is it about the game? Do you not like how it's it's just boss fights? Do you not like the no? Okay,
1: so so it's like... I I've I've gotten to a point now in my gaming hobby habits that I I, I don't have time to get good at anything. Because mm, okay. I may not have that much time left. Who the heck knows? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I like to, you know, I like to enjoy what I'm doing. I don't like getting frustrated, so I just, you know, I stay away from that. And and to me, those games are all pretty much the same, um, except you know a little bit updated graphics or maybe you know like in Sekiro, you know, it's it's or Sekiro, however you say it, it it's. You know, a different setting, still the same game. Elden Ring is going to be kind of the same thing for me. Hey, I'm Dan, hoping. Dan, you know, Dan, Dan. you're, out, on, you're out, out of your element come here. On, you're out of on. your element. He said. Everybody said I've watch, talked to about all.
0: this
1: have said, you know, like, like I play the games for the story, and I can't even get a story because I can't even get past you know the first <laughs> So you know, and, and then I'm also what? told that that some of these stories are more you know lore based and you really have to kind of go look for these things yeah and and, and I, I
2: don't have time for that kind of stuff you know? I, I, i'll say this much: i don't play the souls game. I, i'm one of those people i'm not really into the souls lore like that i'm like all right let me just play this for the great gameplay the boss fights the music sure and that stuff is, sure. is great i appreciate yeah.
1: that stuff you know i think it's i think it's a cool yo, genre yo, and i think yo, yo. <laughs> i think yo. people you know i understand not why bad. people like it it's just not my bag <laughs>
0: Because uh I, I'm not you're bringing out. in comments from all over the place Yo, here, cool dude.
2: Ki- cool cool kills comment <laughs> that was me that was me on the first episode i'm like i'm so confused <laughs> <laughs> that was
0: game. oh <laughs> man um going going back to armored core uh pong mentions that the rumors the next from game would be a playstation exclusive and apparently um Xbox and PlayStation have reportedly, anyway, signed a deal with FromSoft for exclusive games. Now, wow. where Armor Core lines up, if it does line up, we don't know. But as we always say here, when you own everything, it doesn't matter. Oh, I know what they're doing for that Xbox game. Yeah. This, this imagine is imagine
3: if uh, imagine if FromSoftware is making a PlayStation exclusive, how upset everyone would be if it wasn't Bloodborne 2. <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> hope, I hope to God it's not. Yeah. Just so I can look at Mr. Badbit and go...
2: <laughs> uh, you, know you know what they're gonna get you know what they're gonna get you know what they're gonna put on playstation <laughs> they're gonna give they're gonna give the playstation gamers a sequel to the most underrated xbox 360 game from from software ninja blade
0: there we go <laughs> okay. that's
4: it ninja blade <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, I mean, again, Armored Quarter seems like there's a lot of hype for it. Uh, I'm excited for it. If you need the details from that survey, like I said, they're on our site. So check them out and uh, let us know what you think. Moving on to another beloved title is uh, we got reports this week that uh, Last of Us remake the first game. The third, not the remaster, <laughs> but the remake for PlayStation Five, is nearing completion by Naughty Dog. Uh, could potentially release this year. This apparently lines up with several sources, you know, throughout the industry. VGC originally reported this, I believe. Um, but you know, we often joke, I think, as a community about remasters and remakes. But Last of Us One. In my opinion, is one of my favorite games of all time. I think it's one of the best story told games of all time. And I don't even care. You can remake this game every generation. I'm gonna buy it. You can Skyrim the hell out of this game. I'm buying it day one. I'm gonna play it again as soon as it releases. Bring it on. Bring it on. Okay. Travis doesn't agree. That's fine. <laughs> well, you don't like this you don't
3: is, like this The Last is of Us? To me. I I'm so I'm I'm so cringed by how obsessed they are with The Last of Us.
0: It does I, I will agree there. They it does feel it, like they need re- to be moving on. They're,
3: they're remaking it really? The, yeah. Like that game just came out like in 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 terms of games it just came yeah. out like like the fact that they're remaking it, not remastering it, which I would expect from PlayStation to do every, you know, every generation they remaster their their yeah. favorite titles whatever. But a remake? That's crazy. That that's way too soon honestly. It's it's it just it it bums me out that they're so so my problem with The Last of Us isn't that I think it's a bad game or whatever. I just think that I I really, really and we've talked about this Ains on the show. Yeah. Yeah. I really don't like it when the games industry tries to parrot the movie industry. And The Last of Us to me is the ultimate example of that of just being like, Oh yeah, we can be serious too. We can be like, we can make we can be artsy, you know, we can make real like good story games, and it's uh, you know. It's a it's a stealth game that doesn't have good stealth mechanics. It's true. And uh true. and it and it's it's you know one of those things where it's mostly competent at being like a movie, right? Mm-hmm. That's what it like tries to do. And I I just I I I like it for what it did and for for its place in the games industry. But like, move on, PlayStation. Like, stop, <laughs> don't, stop releasing this <laughs> game. If you're gonna release it, at least make it a remaster. Don't do a remake. Come on, man. I it's think just... I,
0: honestly, we have talked about this a lot, and generally, I agree with you. Um, I'm just that first game, Joel and Ellie just, it's one of those things, right? We all have attachments to certain characters in games or movies and Joel and Ellie to me from last of us one, are just a permanent fixation on my mind from my gaming history, uh, which is part of the reason why I dislike two. uh, not as a game, but just what they decided to do with story. I'm not a big fan, but last of us one is like, it's just that game for me. It's one of them. It's like Bioshock's the same way. If they re you can remake Bioshock every five years, I buy it. I mean I just would. Yeah. It, if they just haven't
3: weird. remade Bioshock. I, I, I'm saying they could, it, but they we could make it. Yeah, I'm I'm
2: in the same, I'm in the same campus, Travis, as far as like I don't think the first game needs to be remade, especially yeah. because it came out and then a year later they remastered it. That's it. <laughs> that, that's that's all it should be. And then that remaster is gonna be backwards compatible for generations to come. Yeah. Um, but from what some of the rumors, if they are to be believed. Apparently, this Last of Us remake is going to be running on the same engine for Last of Us Part 2. So it's going to yep. play more like the second game. And if you've played both the games, you know they play very differently. The second game is just a like a monumental leap forward in terms it of is. game design. But <clears throat> as much as I would love to play through the first game with the second game's controls and enhanced AI and all those things, if you look at the level design for both of those games, they're completely different. So I'm wondering how are they going to work in a lot of the... Um, mechanics in the more open-ended environments in the last of us part two into the first game while steep while keeping the integrity like i feel like they'd really have to change some things up for it to so it'll become more of a reimagining versus the first game and then you get into the territory of are fans going to be fine with that if you're going to be changing a lot of those things um and then it also it questions at that point all right, so now we're reimagining a game we released 10 years ago. Like, <laughs> this isn't like 20 years ago on the PlayStation 1, Final Fantasy, and now we have yeah, Final yeah. Fantasy VII Remake. It's, 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 it's just one of those things where, from a logistic standpoint, I know why they're doing it. They're trying to capitalize on The Last of Us hype. They've got the TV show coming out. They're yeah. probably working on a third game. So from a business standpoint, it makes sense. And people are going to buy it. Everyone's saying that they're not gonna buy it. <laughs> Most of them it. are gonna buy it. Like, like <laughs> that's the thing about gamers. I'm not saying that gamers are, are fickle, but every single time I hear a gamer say, Yeah, we're gonna boycott this, boycott that, what do yeah. I see on Twitter the day of? What yeah. do I see? Well, you know, I I ju- the developers. I don't <laughs> I gotta yeah. <laughs> but you know, like so I'm not gonna sit here and say I'm not gonna buy it at some point. Maybe I'll buy it down the road, who knows? Um, I don't like to take like hard stances on things that are so fickle. Like if the game is amazing and 10 across the board and people love the improvements, it's like, well, all right, I'll pick it up. Yeah, um but yeah. yeah, it's just you think about, but I just can't escape. This could have gone to something else. This could have gone yeah. to NWP. No yeah. And you yep. know what else it's bothers me? Neo, else. Is that What's up?
3: It's not like it's different people reimagining the game. It's the same, it's the same, thing same re-imagining studio reimagining their <laughs> own game that yeah. they made not that long ago. That's crazy to me. Like people working about
1: having extra story beats and and adding some stuff to it that maybe that was cut. You know that's I I well to Neo's like
0: that's to Neo's points that's kind of rumored they haven't okay, confirmed yeah, yeah. that that I that I recall anyway.
2: Yeah, oh, I don't know. Like what are they gonna do? Are they gonna try to like narratively tie it into the last of us part two? I swear to God, if we see like a cameo of Abby or someone from part
3: two, I'll be like, man. That's no, no see that's, that's uh, that, maybe maybe but, this is a primal thing in my brain, but this really reminds me of the time that George Lucas remastered the special oh, edition Stop. of original. Stop. Right That's you're what it heard reminds me of. It, it, it reminds me of that. I, I swear to God, they're going to add like a, they're going to add like a musical scene at the beginning of, you know, one of the, one of the parts and they're going to, they're going to I'm starting like to be sorry. CGI. I brought this up. Cause Cause bro, we sad, might though. like,
2: dude, I mean, there's just some things that are better left unsaid. Like I'm one of the, I don't know where you stand in this camp, Travis, but I'm one of the people that I like the idea that we don't know what Jabba the Hut looks like until Return of the Jedi. Like we hear about Jabba the Hutt for so many years. Like who is this Jabba the Hutt? Han Solo. Like he's not scared of anything, but he's like, I will not mess with Jabba the Hutt. And then you find out what Jabba the Hutt looks like, and you're like, whoa, okay, (laughs) that's not what I was
3: expecting, right?
2: Exactly. But if you see it in the the remastered edition of A New
3: Hope, it kind of takes that away. It's just like there are some things that. Need to be left on the cutter room floor for a reason. And that that is definitely true. If they do some sort of like allusion to what we're gonna see in the last of us two, I'll be really upset. But don't forget, there's another thing that they they could do, they could add a Han Solo uh didn't shoot first moment, they could change something that you know what I mean? Like they they, there's just so it's so easy to mess something up in a game that a lot of people consider perfect, and it's really Mm -hmm. hard to improve it. So, what is the point of this? If it's the same people reimagining their own game. A short time later, that I I, I just
0: don't. Yeah. So I agree with you guys completely, and I think that I think that um, I think that people like me. I oh, I don't want to speak for anyone else, but for me, what I was imagining and I should say hoping for, right, is we get like the Demon Souls, where Mm. it's a remake, new engine, much better graphics, better frame rate, but the core of what's there is the same. Don't change what i consider to be near perfect to your Mm -hmm. point travis right to neo's point there's rumors of they may touch it up you scared me to hell with the star wars lucas thing (laughs) um if i play this and then suddenly abby shows up or there's some type of scene that wasn't there and it throws off what you know the connection that's i'm gonna be pissed and i i don't know if they killed a giraffe (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> this the new arc mess. of neil Druckmann's life
0: no <laughs> I, I i was about to say naughty <laughs> dog wouldn't do that and then i thought of last of us 2 and i thought yeah they would yeah yeah they would, yeah. Yeah, they the thing, would. man I, because I, I neil Druckmann it. thinks but he's smarter than everyone else on earth and it's yeah. just and i don't just that sounds very derogative and, and i Joe don't mean it Lucas. that way but it's I like would. you tr- you're you're trying to overthink what you already created that was excellent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stop it.
3: He reminds me of George Lucas. He's the <laughs> exact same archetype of like he did something brilliant and now he just is way confident in his abilities. Yeah. And I they have so much that they could lose and almost nothing to gain from this. That's the thing that boggles yeah. my mind. I I, I'm just scared, man. Yeah. I, I think it's part of my Star Wars upbringing brain that makes me afraid of stuff like this. <laughs> Paul
0: yeah. said, you know, Junkman has it in it to F up everything. <laughs> hey, man, he gave he gave
2: me that Goat Last of Us Part 2. So we ain't going to disrespect Neil Goat. Oh,
0: Straight
2: up. you know. That gameplay is on bro. I will fight. No, no. Day.
0: I think the game itself is a massive, as you said, massive improvement yeah. on one. And uh, I can't. It, it's a it's a masterpiece in game design. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt. I just what they did. You, I, we're not going to get into it again. Yeah. I can't do this again. I'll get sad. That's a new uh, Twitter war going on. It's like every other day someone brings up Last of Us Part Two. I know. I know. Oh,
2: really? Like already? Yeah. Still?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. They'll remake it in 2023. So <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: God. <my> God. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dan, we got a super chat from our brother Luke.
1: Yeah, Xbox's major Pass,
0: Luke. Thank you very Luke. much. Up, Happy bro? New Year, guys. Yeah,
1: Appreciate yeah, thank it. Thank
0: you, man. brother. Yeah, we, got,
1: we had another one, I think, too, from Game Positive a little bit ago. We
0: did, yeah. We, yeah. we were so tied up in conversation, I missed it. Hold yeah, on, I'm getting to stuff. it, I'm getting to it. Yeah. Well, Damn, it you, guys in, you, guys in, you guys in chat are killing it today. That's right. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> All right, game pause. Baby girl is losing her mind. Got to run. Welcome back, Bitcast crew, and here's to another great year of casting.
0: Thank, thank you Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Eric is our our newest contributor at Season Gaming actually. Nice. Um and uh yeah, just had uh had his second kid. I want to say November, so oh, he's been congratulations. uh congratulations. Yeah, been very very busy as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. So, thank you very much, Eric. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> All right, now that you guys completely killed my hype for the remake of the Last of Us.
3: <laughs> not intended, not intended. They should call it the Last of Us Special Edition. Oh, no, <laughs> there we go.
0: No, stop it. Stop
2: it. <bah> <laughs>
0: <sautesuspense> <offering> <laughs> All right, so we got, uh, we got some uh, Ubisoft and Rainbow Six news to talk about because I what want to Sam. hear your thoughts here, guys. Uh, so Ubisoft came out and Xbox, I guess, came out this week. So Ubisoft Plus is a piece uh, today a PC-only service, $15 a month, where you get everything from Ubisoft's catalog, kind of like a Game Pass, day one. So you get all of their releases day one. You get the expansions that release for those games. Uh, you get little bonus add-ons and things like that. Um, that they announced is coming to Xbox consoles. Now, the communication on this spread like wildfire because they combined it with an announcement Rainbow Six Extraction, the new Rainbow Six game that releases on January 20th, is launching in Game Pass on day one. So people thought that Ubisoft Plus, the service, was coming to Game Pass. It is not. So if you still have that misconception, make sure you you separate those two things. But... Long story short, Rainbow Six Extraction launching on Game Pass on the 20th, and we get Ubisoft Plus. The service is going to launch it sometime in the future on Xbox consoles for a separate subscription fee, which they haven't said the price of yet. They did not confirm whether it's going to be a separate $15 fee or if Xbox will work with them kind of like EA Play or something else where you get a different different structure. So we'll see. But I guess the topic for you guys is, uh, one, Rainbow Six Extraction is a game that I gotta be honest. I don't know a lot of people who are looking forward to this one. Um, the gameplay hasn't looked great. I, I think I mentioned before my stepson has like 2,000 hours in Rainbow Six Siege with a, a group, they play it all the time. None of them cared about what they saw in Extraction. Um, I just it seemed like the hype was pretty flat for this one. So, I think the game pass move, as we've talked about previously with games like this a good move because it's a multiplayer co-op game. It didn't have a lot of hype. I don't know who's buying this game or how many people are buying this game at a $60, $70 price tag. So we'll see what that does for extraction. But on a side topic as well, Ubisoft Plus is a service. How do you guys think Ubisoft approaches this and how does it become successful on an Xbox platform that has a Game Pass service already that many of us agree, I would say, largely is fantastic. Whereas I don't think the reputation of Ubisoft plus is anywhere near game pass. So how does Ubisoft make this successful on console? Make it five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. That's, that's all I
1: can give it. I mean, I, this, this, this is something that I will not be doing only because I, I think, I don't know, man. Like I, it, even mm-hmm. if I was a PC gamer, it never really appealed to me as far as like a, like Ubisoft, like like EA, you know that was like five dollars for EA All access or whatever it was. Yeah, you, know, you never got the new day one games and stuff, but you got them pretty quickly afterwards, maybe six months down the road. Yeah, um, and you're still getting that with, and that's on Game Pass already. So that was kind of an easy, you know, transition. I think with Ubisoft Plus, you know. It all depends on where they're going with like you know like with assassin's creed you know how are they going to do that is that going to be more of a live service game now you know it you know those kind of games if that's what the the direction they're going and i mean you might as well just put them on game pass kind of like extraction i mean that's that makes sense to me only because it it seems like more of a you know they're not going to make their money off of that that game just selling copies i think they're going to make it off of all the extra microtransactions and stuff. And that's just kind of the model that a lot of people are using. So putting it out there for more people to, you know, have access to it, right off the bat, it makes sense. We saw it with MLB the show, you know, this year, and how much you know, you know, on Game Pass, I think that's a smart move by any company, you know. Uh, So especially that kind of game that live service game. So I I don't know, man, it's, it's great to have that accessibility and be able to, if you want to uh, do that, but it all depends on the pricing. You know, if you make it five bucks and make it like an addition to the game pass thing, I think a lot more people will snatch it up pretty quick. <clears throat> actually. I don't think they're going to do that because Ubisoft collects money. Um, so <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a weird kind of thing, but it's, 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 it's the, how the industry is going. I think, you know,
0: you see yeah, it a lot, th- not in, on PC and I'm all right with I, it. Yeah, I think the, it's always an interesting conversation with Ubisoft, right? Because I know when yeah. we say this all the time, they get a lot of flack, and a lot of it is deserved. <laughs> um, but at the same time, they do make some genuinely good games. Absolutely. They do make games that sell very well at times. Um, I mean, all we ever hear is, you know, like Assassin's Creed Valhalla, the hardcore... I, it's hard to say hardcore community, but you know there's a subsection of the community that complains about the size of that game. And that it's not a core Assassin's Creed experience and that the side missions are repetitive. And all these things we hear about Ubisoft games, it's the best-selling Assassin's Creed game they've ever made by a long shot. Whether we like it or not, that's just Mm -hmm. the fact. Um, And it's always a weird conversation in that way because, you know, even some of the comments here, like Cool Kill says, Ubisoft games are always on massive sales, right? Like they literally you wait on a Ubisoft major release a month later, you're getting it at half price. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. almost a, it's almost a fact at this point that it happens so regularly. Um, And Pong even mentioned that they dropped the price of extraction to $40 before this announcement, um, probably because they knew extraction didn't have the hype to sell at 60 or $70, like I mentioned. So it's just, but at the same time, we know there are millions and millions and millions of people that play Ubisoft games and loving them, buy them, et cetera. So I just, it's always a weird conversation here um and go ahead neo because i'm yeah it's just there it seems like there's there's multiple sides that i think some of us in the community don't consider from a mainstream perspective
2: yeah it's the weirdest thing because if you talk to like i don't know you survey like let's say 20 gamers in the community most of them will probably tell you like i don't like ubisoft games ubisoft games are just like factory made like that's the thing going on one of my friends actually said yeah one of my friends was just like i don't think Ubisoft games are real. And I was like, what do you (laughs) mean by that? It's like, bro, I refuse to believe that, like, people worked on this and this is what they did. I feel like there's this spreadsheet at all the Ubisoft studios because, you know, a lot of them share assets and they share, like, because they're all, like, you look at the credits of one Ubisoft game, it's like 15 different Ubisoft studios working on it. So at that point, it's kind of like, where is the originality and creativity? And then it it comes to a point where a lot of these games are kind of blending into the same thing. They're all open world. They've all got an insane amount of familiarity. You've got your watchdogs for your more modern type of open world game. You've got Assassin's Creed, which is more set in the past. And then you have like um, the crew, which is like your car open world racing game and everything. They're trying to tick all these boxes. And at the same time, they don't really do anything unique with those games. Every now and then they get a breakout hit like uh, Rainbow Six Siege. And and people love that. But my people seem to love uh, Immortals last year, too.
0: That was very highly regarded.
2: Yeah, yeah, because at least that did something quirky with the yeah. um with the with the experience. But then there were some people who are like, "Oh no, it still got that Ubisoft um formula on it." Right, both are um, true. But, both are true. Yeah, yeah, but for me, one thing I've noticed with a, a lot of the Ubisoft things that they do is that it's like they're throwing everything at the wall and praying to God something sticks. Like there are so many times where I didn't even know this Ubisoft game released until I saw <laughs> it on clearance. Like. Riders Republic. I'm seeing some people in the chat are saying, Yeah, that game is like 20 bucks. And I'm like, didn't that game just come out?
0: Yeah, it yeah. did. Fu- well, the funny really thing is, it. Travis and yeah. I both reviewed it and we both really like it. It's a good game. Um, <laughs> good game. it just it just landed flat for the most part. Um, but not to interrupt you, Neo, but I, I just yeah, yeah, have to ahead. put this up. Ready? This is a perfect amalgamation of Ubisoft. stub says, I don't care for Ubisoft games. Three comments later. I love Ubisoft games. <laughs> <laughs> Three comments later, <laughs> Ubisoft games are good but never great. And and this is what I'm talking about. It seems yeah. like, it, and Dan, you even said Ubisoft games are my my comfort food. And I hear yeah, that a lot yeah. too because they're they're familiar. It's like well, you know what you're getting with a like when I, I reviewed Far Cry Six this year, and it's like. I really enjoyed it, but going into it, people are like, well, what's it going to change or evolve or do this? I'm like, it's a Far Cry game. I know what I'm getting, right? I know I'm going to be blowing shit up. I'm going to have crazy weapons. There's going to be funny characters, and there's going to be some antagonist who is taking over the world. You know what I mean? And, and mm-hmm. that's just, that's Far Cry. Whether you, if you like that or not, it's on you. But it, it just it's this weird thing with Ubisoft where they, to your point, they feel templated, but some people actually like that. Right. Oh you know?
2: Yeah, and, and for some people it works. Like there's just some franchise that are like that, like Dynasty Warriors. And to a lesser extent, I mean, let's be real, Call of Duty. You know, yep. like you can yep. point out the differences in every single Call of Duty game, but for the most part, shooty shooty, bang bang, you guys know how it is.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so I, that's I how actually it goes. think I think I know what why this is so divisive. Um, and it's because I have this window into People get upset when when people use the phrase core gamer. Like, oh, what's a core gamer? It sounds like yeah. gatekeeping, yada, yada. But here's the thing. Core gamer is a useful term because I know exactly the type of people that it describes. And I have this window into that world because I have friends who are literally, like you look at them and you're like, wow, you are the people that are causing the, the uh you know the, the monthly sales list you know what's that what's that list called or that they released every month? mpd
4: yeah. Yeah. yeah
3: and the mpd numbers like you are that sample and and i have this group of like 15 friends that i'm very close friends with i see them at least once a month and and they they they're just those people they buy madden they buy call of duty yep. and guess what else mm-hmm. they buy they buy ubisoft games <laughs> yep, they yeah. buy assassin's creed every they time know what out. they're getting exactly and they know yeah, what they're, they're getting and That's they what... and they love those games and some of them complain about it they'll be like oh yeah the last assassin's creed there was just nothing new same stuff and then they buy the next one right yeah, like mm-hmm. it's just it's the games that they know and i think that they have this mass market appeal and ubisoft has tapped into that core gamer and the reason that you see on one hand Everybody criticizing Assassin's Creed Valhalla. My Twitter timeline is nothing but that because Mm -hmm. I follow games journalists and influencers and streamers who know what they're talking about. And then (laughs) alongside that, NPD numbers (laughs) that go, yo, this game is my favorite game and it's selling through the roof. And it's because there's that core gamer that just buys Ubisoft games. And Watch Dogs too is another one. I have friends that are like, yeah, Watch Dogs, like that game was so crazy and unique. And I'm like, damn, like these guys... Just play Ubisoft games. That's why they're like they're they're kind of just in that world. So I honestly think that uh, there there will always be an audience for this. Like Dan says, it's his comfort food. He knows what's up, but he also has that like instinct to just like pull back and play a game that's familiar to him. And I think that is like that is like the core attribute of the core gamer. It's just like that's what they want. They want to just play that fun, mindless game that's something that they can understand and that they. Don't have to get pulled too far away from their comfort zone yeah. to enjoy it. And and yeah. I, I honestly think that's what it is. That's, yeah, yeah, and that's their zone. They live yeah. there.
2: And I think what they've done, like I said, similar to like Activision and EA, is they've built these pillars, right? They've built these pillars where you don't have to like every single Ubisoft game. But if you like one and you buy that every time it comes out, that's all that matters. Because I'm sure, like Ames, you really enjoy Far Cry, but I'm sure there's another Ubisoft franchise that you really don't care anything about yep you just don't mind that it's like all right you know whatever it does that and it's the same thing for call of duty people will buy call of duty but they might not care that activision also puts out crash bandicoot or or something else along those lines like that's that's how they get people with just those one games and they support it and that's how it keeps growing Mm -hmm. because people forget as gamers we do kind of live in this little bubble this echo chamber and the people that are talking about games online don't reflect everyone else who's out there and buying them like i'm sure you go to someone's house and you're like damn i didn't know you had this game that's wild i didn't expect that for you um so it happens but for me what kind of makes it disheartening is i'm i'm all for game success i'm all for you know listen people voting with their wallet they buy the games that they want to play but i just man i'm gonna sound like an old guy but i just remember there was a time there was a golden era in gaming where you could have the success with the diversity like ubisoft Back in the day, when they were putting out Prince of Persia, when they were putting out Splinter Cell. We got some
0: comments about that, yep. Assassin's
2: Creed. And they were all different and unique, and they were all successful. They yeah. were all successful. Like Ubisoft was the creative developer. They were the creative publisher. And now, it's not that they're putting out less games. They're putting out more games, but it just seems like, let's just tick all these boxes. Let's not take risks. Like You'll never see... A God of War three to God of War twenty eighteen for Ubisoft. You're never going to see that. What you're <laughs> going to see is Assassin's Creed. You keep getting bigger and, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger until boom, live service. And if it if it's working out for them, by all means, like I I can't argue with the sales data. Um, but it is. Yo, but what discarding. about Beyond Good
3: and Evil two, dog? Come on, that game exists. Doesn't doesn't no, it doesn't. doesn't, really. no, it doesn't. Michel Ancel went. <laughs>
2: he's, he's with Nature now and everything. But the yeah. last thing I'll say is and. This will be the the last point. Um, The whole Rainbow Six extraction, I think that is the final straw when it comes to Rainbow Six. I think people have gotten to the point now, like, okay, y'all are just abusing the heck out of this (laughs) license. What does Tom
0: Clancy have to do with
2: alien zombies or whatever they got going on in that? I'm like, all right, bro. Okay.
0: (laughs) But yeah, that's all I got to say so max has a comment here which i think applies i've seen a lot of people share this so max welcome first of all uh thanks for uh, hanging out with us and giving us comment but he said i like ub games but i don't buy them all to your point neil there's also a limit how many subscriptions i'll get they make more off of me if their service was added to game pass for an extra five to seven dollars a month which is kind of what dan said as well yeah. and i've seen yeah. a lot of people have the same sentiment, and I. I feel pretty similar. I'm not going to buy Ubisoft Plus at $15 on Xbox. I'm just
2: not. Uh, oh, oh, no oh! Way. Ubisoft Plus, you mean the... The, the service. The, the service. Pe- the peacock of streaming services. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone has got Netflix. Most yeah. people have got, like, Disney Plus. Yep. Who has peacock? Like, yeah. You know, it's like, I don't even know here. You. This guy, a, yeah, the one was person a, was so we, found
3: we found him. We found him. It's his comfort food. It's his comfort food. There you college. go. Listen, the authors, I got it man. for
1: like, like six months for like fifteen bucks. So that's the only reason I picked it up. And then oh, yeah. I also got Paramount Plus because T-Mobile gave me a free. S- say hey, same, hey! Same. Halo, Halo is coming year.
0: to Paramount Plus. You're safe yes. there. You're safe. Also, sure. Mayor of
1: Kingstown. <laughs> just a quick shout out. Go watch that show if you've got Paramount Plus because it's freaking awesome. Okay. And oh boy. Weird. But it's awesome. <laughs> Damn, yeah. yes. a month um, for, yeah.
3: plus? for the for the subscription part of it, I do think they've made a uh, a a big error in in a lot of ways. One, I don't think that that service should have launched on PC. I don't. I just don't see Ubisoft's core group being PC gamers. Like I said, like everyone I know that's like into Ubisoft games, I think the reason that their NPD numbers are so high has nothing to do with the PC platform. So I'm glad it's coming to console. On one hand but I think that the price is wrong. I think that their messaging is probably going to be confusing and people are, you know, the 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 dumb gamer that just is able to, like, understand Game Pass has just kind of figured out what that is. Is not going to be like, wait, what's this other service? Like, I don't, it, it's on Xbox. It should be in there. I think they're going to have confusion there. Um, and I think ultimately Ubisoft Plus is destined to be part of Game Pass. I just, yeah. Think, I just don't see a world where that doesn't happen. I kind of see this as a, just like with um, EA. What was EA's per- service? It's EA-,
0: EA Play. EA Play, Play, now.
3: EA Play yeah. Um, they took a different approach
0: to Dan's point. It's not like a day and date service. It's more of a collection of EA it is, games.
3: It is a different pass, but it, it yeah. did launch on Xbox first. It did, and then yeah. eventually, like, came with Game Pass. Yeah. Like, they, they have it.
1: They them, have like, it for PC I though. Like Origin, all access is their day and date stuff. I think, don't they? Have they like, do. Like, True.
3: Yeah. There's is do. a more, and I, I think that's fine for people who want it. There's nothing wrong with Ubisoft Plus existing, and I think some people will subscribe to it. My friends that buy, you know, every Ubisoft game that comes out or three Ubisoft games a year, they'll probably look at that and, go, oh yeah, why not? It's, it's like a better deal for me. But I just think that. They'll, and the, they need to do both. Like they probably need to give like a $5 version that comes with Game Pass or $7 version. And then they need the separate version for people who want that. But I, I just don't see it. I don't see it being successful on console. I, I just don't. So
0: yeah, not, not as a standalone $15 thing. Not as yeah, a standalone, I yeah. I, I, think, I think one one
2: last point of Ubisoft Plus, because <laughs> I know a lot of people are saying, well, you have to look at the value proposition. 15 bucks a month, you're getting all these games. I feel like that's just the perceived value of ubisoft putting out a lot of games you might not necessarily want to play all of those games and for you to pay that subscription price 15 bucks a month for an entire year that's 180 dollars and to travis's point you'd only play maybe one or two would it really be worth it when those one or two games are going to be 30 dollars two
0: days after they come out
3: (laughs) like right yeah yeah,
0: that's kind of the point I Steve made above which is yeah, exactly that. Is you can buy the games for 20 or 30 dollars a month later. Um now to Fatboy's point which I was going to mention too. It is the ultimate editions of the game. So it goes back to the same thing we've been saying. If you're that person who plays say three Ubisoft games a year and you play the expansions, DLC, etc, then there's value there. Um, because the ultimate editions are like 100 120 bucks. But how many people is that? I don't know, it's got to be a a small, you know, small percentage I think overall. I mean, just but,
1: just you'd have to put. I mean, just for the, I guess if if you just went with the base games, say they're sixty bucks a piece, and you're running one hundred eighty dollars a year, Ubisoft can do it, and they did it, you know, several years in a row where they put out three big games that you can, you know, kind of go and it's it's just subjective value, you know what, you know what are you gonna, you know what do you value this at? Of course, um, but it's it, it's I'll just buy the game. And I'll buy it on another system because I'm stupid. You know, that's that's what will happen eventually, you know. And so it's Game Passes when I look and can put them side by side, there's there's really no comparison. No, like I can justify Game Pass, you know, all day long. I'm not sure I could do it with
0: Ubisoft Agreed. Plus. Agree. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Game Pass is to the point now, right? Where they're dropping games twice a month and it's like 10 games at a time and they're as we already know right that the bigger games are ramping up so we've talked about that at length i mean it's just a oh different yeah value it's, proposition. it's gonna be wild like this year like this year is going
2: to be the year where a lot of people thought because you know there's always that stigma like well is game pass really worth it when you average things out but this mm-hmm. year with all the day one exclusives that's that's gonna be wild
0: yeah it's gonna be big so all right fellas so Last thing I wanted to touch on for today is really just looking at this first quarter. Um, mm. We've talked about it for, you know, quite a bit. Uh, we're, we're there now, right? We're about a month away from all hell breaking loose and all these major releases coming. So we've got, you know, I put them in here. We've got Elden Ring, obviously. We've got Horizon uh, Forbidden West. We've got Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. We've got Gran Turismo 7, Witch Queen for Destiny 2, Dying Light 2, um, all coming in the span of, like, five weeks. Mm. Um, never mind you know, all kinds of other little releases like Seafood looks really cool, getting a lot of press, you know, games like that, too. So a lot coming out here in the first quarter. So just wanted to ask you guys, like, of these major releases, what's the one that, like, you're really, really excited for and, uh, you know, going to be there day one, dropping everything to play? Oh, uh, man, I am I only have one game I'm focusing on
2: next month, so I'll be the quickest. Um, nope. For me, next month, it's going to be Horizon. That's okay. it. No, boy. Um, Elden Ring is right up there because it looks fantastic. <coughs> but just knowing how I am, I take my time with Souls games. I take literally it takes me a solid month or so to finish a Souls game. I'm very, very <laughs> meticulous with it. Um, part of that is dying a lot, but you know, another other part is just savoring the experience. Sure. But for me, just savoring one of the things, yeah, exactly. You know, just yep. like uh oh, it's just but a scratch, you know, <laughs> try again. Um But for me, one thing I started especially last year was focusing on just one or two games max per month for my personal enjoyment. It's a little different when you work in in the review cycle and you have to play all those games. Obviously, like, Travis, my heart goes out to you, bro. Um, But for me, (laughs) just keep on rocking. That's what I love. All right. But for me, like, I just want to focus on one game that be the game and if i could finish it up at a great pace and not rush it then i'll move on to the next title because one thing i noticed is like when i used to buy them games day one by the time i finished one game that second game had already been on sale for like 20 bucks off and that point i'm like all right i could have saved the 20 bucks now if it's a special edition i'll buy it and i don't have to worry about that depreciating um, but yeah, just one game a month going forward and then everything else will get played whenever there's like a dry spell. Because there'll be a month where, all right, I'm not interested in this game coming out, but I know you guys are. So I'll play a game from last month.
0: So, yeah, that's me. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, I think, um... <laughs> anyway, I'll wait to go. I'll wait to go. Dan, are, I, I know uh, Elden Ring is not your big thing. So is is it Horizon or, you know, what else you got? Yeah, that's forward?
1: it. I mean, that's that's basically it <laughs> for the next two months. Yeah. Um uh, I'll probably pick up like that of course we just got done talking about this but the Uncharted you know whatever collection, legacy okay. it is. yeah yeah, the collection. yeah I'll probably grab that and then it's just going to be Horizon um I, there's not a whole lot that I you know of those games that are coming out which all look really good but it's just there's no way I'll play it maybe Sifu or uh tunic you know they're yeah also Tunic's in March oh, as well yeah yeah yep. right. you know so th- those are the ones that I'll probably pop in there, you know, with assuming that it does. All right. And tiny Tina will obviously be a day one purchase. That's smart. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Travis, I know uh witch queen obviously goes without saying <laughs> Mr. Destiny guy for yeah. you and, review, and reviewing it. Right. Um, but I think, uh, I think it also goes without saying that Elden Ring is uh, you know, premier for, for both of us,
3: ladies and gentlemen, why choose one or two games when you can simply <laughs> abandon all hope at having a social life where you love <laughs> and play them all? Are you <laughs> not entertained? I say, yeah. I say, do not choose. I plan on playing them all, and I mean that. I really do. So I'm reviewing Crossfire X and uh, uh, Destiny Two. So obviously, just to be clear, you. when you
0: say Crossfire X, I meant to ask you earlier. You mean the campaign?
3: I think I'm doing both.
0: Campaign Ooh,
3: and doing, multiplayer, and multiplayer. Yeah, I think I'm doing. When does the campaign come out? February. Uh, February. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, February 10th. Yeah. So, um, I think I'm doing both. But yeah, definitely the campaign at least. Uh, but yeah, um, I'm 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 reviewing those ones, so I'm definitely gonna play those. I'm gonna play Sifu. Uh I'm actually excited for Saints Row comes out that month, February 25th. Oh yeah, um, it does. Like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna, I'm I'm excited for that game. I think Hate Online is silly I'm, I'm i'm gonna play it uh horizon forbidden west of course i will play I actually reviewed the first one so i got to play that one early who knows when i'll get around to playing uh this horizon game it's definitely not at the top of my list like uh neo or dan but i, I will be playing it um dying light 2 apparently is a 500 hour game i'm gonna have to play the first dying light game here's the thing hugely underrated that game, oh, yes. that game was incredibly good um and and i think more people should have played it but uh
2: I started playing um, it last year. Did you? Yeah. Well, I started how did it, it hold up? Um, it held up very well. Um, the Series X, it had the um, performance patch. So I was playing at 60 frames. That's kind of what turned me off the of it original. It's a big difference, yeah. Dude, so I got it. Um, I want to I got it around the time it came out on PS4, not day one, but I think like within the first like six-seven months. So I got it for like 20 bucks, and I was enjoying the concepts of the game, it was really cool, better than Dead Island, but for me. It just like every time I put it on, I got, I guess you could say motion sickness. I felt so sick playing and I always had to take off my glasses and go like, oh, this feels so rough, man. Now, (laughs) if I played it on PC, it probably wouldn't have happened. But, you know, back then I only had um, my PlayStation. But when I played it recently with the Series X patch and after everything else they've done and all the new content, like, dude, it is such a fun game. But that's what I, I got. Like, I think 10, 15 hours in. And then I stopped because then I'm like, I don't want to burn myself out before the second game comes out. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm really yep. liking the first game, but will I have the enthusiasm jump into it? Because it's not like going Uncharted 1 right before Uncharted 2 comes out, then you jump into it. It's like 80
0: hours in Dying Light 1 and,
2: and Dying yep. Light 2, oof, you know?
0: Yep. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, so by the way, Saints, I will say- Saints Row was... August, by the way. It did get yeah. pushed off. So I just, I just I just learned forgot.
3: from the comments that Saints Row was delayed, but uh that's unfortunate. <laughs> I still will play it in August. But uh, I guess I can Travis is
2: getting ready to write a review for a game to desist. Yeah. That didn't exist. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> Maybe I'll play it in February. We'll see if we can get that early preview. Um <laughs> yeah, so um I bet you but, but uh, Dying Light 2 actually I've seen it at a couple E3s. Um, they were showing it before uh, the pandemic and it got delayed a ton, but that game looked like it was done years ago like three Mm. years ago and it also looked incredibly good like it looked like they were just diving into like your decision making and 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 the the parkour looked like it was even more well developed there was so much to that game that i was excited about so the fact that they've delayed it this much and are continuing to work on it is either a great sign or a terrible sign and i'm really hoping it's it's obviously the the former um and it's going to be a lot of fun but i have a lot of confidence in that studio obviously elden ring is going to be up there um i'm i'm very excited for that game i don't know when i'm gonna play it it comes out two or three days after destiny the witch queen which i have to review so that means three days 10 yeah. days of non-stop destiny um at least because i have to play it until the raid comes out um but yeah I, I i need to get around to it and then the other one that's coming out this month that i still can't believe is coming out this month is pokemon uh Acreus. <laughs> oh, which yeah, that's right I, I, that game comes out in like 20 days it's like
0: it's pretty soon
3: a couple weeks end here, of this so. month yeah yeah end of this month i i'm i'm extremely excited for that game um we'll see we'll see i i have no idea what to expect from it but damn uh pokemon, pokemon uh, <laughs> yeah uh, cool really kill
0: like. said in the chat pokemon uh as a joke you know sarcastically and i said the sad thing is well not not even sad but pokemon will outsell everything we're talking about oh absolutely uh, Yeah, mile
4: <laughs> so. absolutely yeah yeah <laughs>
0: It just is what it is, but um, yeah. What's up, Sark? What's up, uh, OBM in the chat as well? Hey, Abe, what's going on? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Elden Ring and Horizon. Those two stand mm. so far above everything else. I absolutely adore Horizon. Uh, it's actually, it was actually my favorite new IP from PlayStation last gen, uh, and I, I just love it. So I'm super hyped about Forbidden West. I am actually sad though that it comes out a week prior to Elden Ring because what's going to happen is I like, I'm not reviewing. Forbidden West, thankfully. So I'm gonna to want to savor it, take my time, explore that world. I'm not gonna be able to do that in a week. And Elden mm. Ring's gonna drop, and then every the world will drop for me when Elden Ring drops to your point. New well, that what, is what a, if you
3: review Elden Ring? You can get it out of the way earlier. So you got an extra like week before or <laughs> yeah, something?
0: Maybe. Yeah, we'll see how that time <laughs> lines up. So I am reviewing Elden Ring actually. So there I've got to go. see so how if that, you if
3: you get it February tenth. You get 12 <laughs> days to review it, then you this is that's this some, is how I manage my time. I figure out okay, yeah, which ones am I not gonna have time 40, for and let me review them so I can do it early. Like this
2: that's is, some four D level chess right there, Travis. I yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it's
3: it.
0: Calculus. My 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 problem is with Elden Ring is kind of what Neo said is with those games, right? The from games, like that is a saver every aspect experience. Um, I am much more like want to explore every corner of nook and cranny of that world. I spent
3: good luck reviewing I, it then.
0: Yeah. I know, i know i know yeah. and i spent i spent tons of time in the damn tech preview thanks to dan where you know it's just wandering around as much every time that thing was open i was on it that i was mm-hmm. home where i just wanted to explore i mean it's just it's going to be one of those games for me so yeah. but all that to your point uh travis all of these games i'm getting um which queen i'll get back to eventually only because i'm not a huge destiny guy but i do want to play it but all these other five and the other games we talked about i'm going to play them all um and I'm just – it's its crazy, man. I think we're almost spoiled for choice at this point. Um, Dude, I think it crazy. definitely it definitely makes
2: up for not saying the past two years were weak because they were weak. Obviously, we know the issue. Um, But this 2022 is going to make up for a lot of the stuff that we yeah. should have gotten in the past two years. No doubt.
0: No doubt. Uh, it was a funny comment here. I'm trying to find it. Timmy said – um, think there could ever be a point when there'd be just too many great exclusives going into game pass and third parties that could affect some games being played or noticed and that's something that they xbox has actually commented on um because it's a problem that steam talked about years ago or valve talked about years ago too which is just curation right Mm. um if you get to the point where you know there's just so many games releasing but i think i think at least to date xbox has done a pretty good job of curating what goes into game pass the difference between a major title and a small indie title and mm-hmm. the separation there and they're doing a pretty good job so it's going to be interesting to see once first party really ramps up and third party deals ramp up more what that looks like but you know we'll see
3: i, I honestly don't think it'll ever be a problem for xbox game pass reason number so, okay. one steam is way different than xbox steam it doesn't is. curate anything right yes xbox exactly. xbox already curates its library on what even gets on the platform and then it further curates that for game pass and then the second thing is that unlike when steam was having this problem the amount of gamers is like incredible and there's now microcosms within the games industry of people who like certain types of games and it's sort of like in netflix when they make a, a documentary they don't worry about the overlap between their action movie yeah. that they're making because they exactly. know those are separate viewers and i i just yep. don't think I don't think we're going to have that problem on console. No. I, I really they do a good know, job so I, with it. Yeah.
2: And a, and another thing we have to consider when it comes to Steam and curation that comes down to um, discoverability and individual yes. purchases of those games versus Game Pass, where we're already all subscribed. And right. if we see what's coming on, they are like, "Oh, okay, I know I want to play Starfield, but wow, they just added in this game right here. Oh, I'll check that out later." So. It's something where the deals have already been inked well before we could actually appreciate the games. So the developers are still getting paid and you're still going to find those audiences of like, I don't think anybody um, over at Xbox was losing sleep over the fact that they were dropping like MLB the show while games in game pass like Yakuza were steadily rising.
0: You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? So I I think everything works itself out. Yeah. Great points, guys. Great points. Uh, this is a funny one. I And Travis and I even talked about this offline. Um, Do you fellas prefer not reviewing games you know you will enjoy? Yup. Um, yes. Yeah, definitely. Yes. yes. Yep.
3: Absolutely. That's a fact. Hey, the, there's nothing worse than having to review a game you love. And I do it every year for Destiny. And I'm always like,
0: I'm sorry what I'm about to do, Destiny. I love you. But <laughs> yes.
3: this is for the good. This for the good of
0: everyone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Halo is a perfect example. I mean, everyone knows how much I love Halo, and I, you know, got that and wanted to get the review up, and I, I almost didn't sleep. And we, anyone who reviews games has been there. It's like I want to enjoy it the way I want to enjoy Halo, but I also have a deadline, and you know, there were multiple nights that week where I slept for maybe two hours um, because I was just, I was just playing Halo. You know, I wanted to play it. Um, so it is what it I didn't is. But
3: review it but i worked on the wiki and that almost broke me so, right, like God. The, the halo infinite multiplayer sandbox like the fact that i did the wiki now i play it and i feel like i'm like like a it's like it's like a doctor looking at a naked body now they're just seeing like the parts you know they're not doing <laughs> it for what it is and it it it, it kills me
0: um, yeah so funny enough steves in the chat and steve is reviewing horizon for us at season gaming um i reviewed the first one so when steve said he would review forbidden west i was like Cool. I can enjoy her. I can enjoy <laughs> yeah. Horizon like I would enjoy it now. You know
1: that's that's the thing. You know, I mean, and I've done far less reviews, you know, last year than I did before. But we also have way more people. Um, I think it's one. It's it's hard to kind of keep that objectivity. You know, when you you know you're going into it and you're ready, kind of pre pumped for a game. You know, so it's kind of you really have to, you know, try to. You know, be as objective as possible. You know, when you, when you, because uh, I think I was going to review Far Cry 6, and then when you were like, Well, I'm going to do it, I'm going to be, I was like, Yes. It's <laughs> so exciting. It, it just, it, I was just like, Thank God, because then you can just, you can just kind of sit back and enjoy it for what it is, yeah. as opposed to, you know, one worrying about, you know, getting through it as fast as you possibly can, um, especially if it's a franchise that you really enjoy, like I do with Far Cry. Um, <clears throat> so, it, I, 100%. Don't like yeah. doing games like that i i, I just <laughs> i mean i can be excited for a game like something like say tunic where it's just like oh, okay you know let's but i have no idea you know there's never been you know i've never played the game you know aside from a little demo i it's it's completely something you know out of the ordinary, and it'll be nice and fresh and then after i'm done I go okay now i can give you a nice objective review but like if it was like horizon i'd just i'd already be like foaming at the mouth and it, it would be
0: yeah, I would hate, and, it. hate it. and it's funny because I know, Travis, you have comments on this too, but when I was first getting into game reviews and as Season Gaming has grown and now we do get pre-release copies, my, my experience was exactly what Eric says here, is having never gotten to do a pre-release review, I'm way more excited about the prospect of it than the personal experience with the game. And I feel like once you start doing more and more of them, you start to realize, I've told people this, yes, it's cool getting early access. Yes, it's cool getting to play the full game a week or 10 days or 14 days, whatever, prior to release. But exactly what we're talking about, if this is a game that you really love, especially if it's a game that you love that you share with friends, right? That experience with friends and going through a game and talking about it and even co-op or especially co-op or something like that, pre-release reviews can be almost kind of strange because you're you're playing it in a silo you don't have many people to talk to it about. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you face you bugs or issues. Oh, you yeah. can, or you can't talk about it at all. Uh, sometimes you face bugs, right, that may ruin the experience that won't be there after launch because you don't have your day mm-hmm. one patch. Uh, there's all these factors that go into it. It's like, yes, it's cool that I'm playing it early, but there's all these other things that can detract enjoyment from it. Um, so it's it's a mixed bag, honestly. I yeah. Uh, yeah.
3: I I I will never not be like completely disturbed by the process of playing a game pre-release because you know, it I feel so
2: dirty, bro. It,
3: dude, <laughs> I, 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 play, I play games like sometimes a month in advance. And if you ever do that, like by the time you're done with that review, the game hasn't even been out for the game won't even come out for like another week. It's, it's yeah. off like getting edited. It's being turned into a video. You've done like voiceover for it. You've broken down this game a hundred different ways. And then all of a sudden, the game comes out, you're already working on a different review and you've probably been working on that review for a significant amount of time. And all of a sudden you're seeing Twitter talk about this game and you're like these casuals (laughs) just getting around (laughs) to that game. That was last month. (laughs) You know what I mean? And it's like, you you can't even, you can't even engage in that discussion or like go back and reflect on what, uh, on what its impact was and all that stuff. And you're just like, that feels like it was a lifetime ago. Now I'm dealing with like February problems. I can't remember this game. I, I, you know, played 100% of in January for 30 hours. Like uh, it, it's, it's such a bizarre, it's such a bizarre uh, kind of experience uh yeah. playing pre-release games, but rarely, rarely like a super good one. Reviewing games is awesome, but like the, relationship you get with that game you reviewed just changes and you kind of like miss the cultural milestone yeah. of it, yeah. it. It just, if everything feels weird about it. So That's the sure. thing,
2: like, that's the thing. I don't really do too many um, pre-release uh, game reviews. Every now and then I do it, like, Microsoft will send something my way or Sega will send something my way and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll do those embargoes and everything. Um, but yeah, honestly, especially now, I'm glad you brought up the culture aspect of it, Travis, because there's just something so beautiful about experiencing this with so many people because before yeah. it used to have to be okay me and my friends who we went to school or my cousins we play the game we talk about it right now it's literally like yo I'm playing this new game and then Travis will reply or Ains will reply or Dan will reply and it's just like us talk about oh my god this is amazing did you notice this part here it's like wait what are you serious and it, it just kind of sucks that you've already played through a game you think you know most of it move on to the next one, and then you see someone discover this, and you're like,
3: oh. Oh. Yeah. I feel sad. I missed it. <laughs> you know? I'm not a part of this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And, then, and then what's weird is that your name and your words are getting associated with that game, and you feel, like, so distant from it by the time the game yeah. comes out. It's yeah. just like like wow like that was a different life i'm already like dealing with like problems this month in a completely different game that also no one has ever played it's and you can't talk about
4: those problems yeah it's
3: it's it's like i'm living in a separate timeline from people and i'm like staring through the glass like what are these guys doing on it on the other side it's such a bizarre feeling oh this is
0: amazing comment yeah this is this is the comment right here travis Travis still not recovered from missing the <laughs>
2: cultural impact and water cooler moments that every- Nerf
0: Legends produced
2: during its run. <laughs> you
0: know every, time, every time every time we Legends, bring up Nerf Legends, Travis, I picture that gif of the dog seeing Vietnam. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. your that face. really
3: what is what it's like. You know, you, know what, you know what is messed up about Nerf Legends? is nothing my um, that game is now associated with me because i'm one of the only people that reviewed it
2: right yes and so
3: if 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 you look up nerf legends it's like me i'm like the first thing that pops up in my review and people will like say nerf legends at me all the time and it's just like i can't get away (laughs) from this nightmare i love uh, it by the way i love it forever it's about
2: i have i haven't watched this i I try to watch this review once every couple of days I haven't watched like, <laughs> in the new year. So there was a time in the early two thousands where you can reach into to the bottom. <laughs> I already got it queued up on the TV after this. <laughs>
0: oh my God. Oh man. Oh, uh, this is another good comment. It's funny. I, li- I like this conversation we're having. So chat, thank you for um, kind of being engaging in this because it is interesting. Um, Do you prefer reviewing games that have a great gameplay or great story or a mix of both? And I saw a, a conversation that broke it on Twitter yesterday about this and I think the comment I liked best that I agreed with was, and I don't know about you guys, but it really depends on what the game is going for. I mean, there's games we were talking about Last of Us earlier, which is a game that is story focused, right? That is a character driven story focused game. The gameplay is not spectacular in that game. Whereas there's, you know, if I'm playing, uh, this is just top of mind because it's me, but I'm playing Halo Infinite multiplayer obviously the gameplay is king and the the nuances of that gameplay so i think depends on the genre depends on the game depend on what the developer was going for in my opinion definitely i'm i'm more partial like obviously a mix of both is perfect you want to have
2: especially now that technology is advanced you want to have great story and great gameplay but if i had to pick one or the other give me great gameplay because we all of us grew up in a time where all we had was great yeah, gameplay. Yeah. That And literally, that's what video gaming was. If you didn't have great gameplay, what are people playing your game for? So I'll take great gameplay with the so-so story, and then if mm-hmm. the gameplay is really solid, it'll push me through that story. But if you give me great story, and there's little to no gameplay, I, I'm, I'm not saying you should do this, but that's part of the reason why a lot of people watch stuff on YouTube. Because if the gameplay yeah. really isn't there, like Telltale Games,
0: for example right
2: you know you great stories it. but you're yeah. just walking
3: through yeah it. exactly yeah you know i mean we have
0: walking simulators that's literally a genre we talk about now that are yeah. story-driven games although those know?
3: games are are fun to play uh, yeah, I'll, yeah i'll be a yeah, defender of on walking simulators just because it you it's like journey right like you doing yeah. the walk is part of why you connect to it it's exactly you, anyway um if I had to choose between the two, I would side with Neo and say gameplay because the problem with reviewing a story heavy game is people's opinions on story vary way more than they do uh, about about the gameplay. People usually understand that a game, a gameplay, can be good or bad based on certain things. That's why it was easy to write a Nerf Legends review. It's like, okay, the gameplay's trash. Just write the write the review and tell people, warn people about this. But if you're reviewing a story, <laughs> you could you could think to yourself like that the story is is not good or that it's mediocre you can have gripes with it i'm a huge whiner that's like my superpowers i just have i have complaints about everything it's just you comedy, no. oh. Yeah. Oh. see right? the nerd legends review for example <laughs> that's right but look but but it's useful in my daily life if i wasn't a huge complainer i wouldn't be a good critic so it's a double edged sword i'm a, i'm very very annoying to have at parties but i'm great if you need a review <laughs> um so uh that's that's my that's my sweet spot <laughs> (laughs) I was Um, just pointing out
0: that Elu agrees, said exactly what you said, right? Story is subjective, right? And I think that's what's so divisive about Last of Us 2. We just joked about it, right? Exactly. where they went with the story.
3: If if, if people disagree on the story part of it, then it's really hard to write the review. And if the game is mostly story, then you also have to write in your review about the lack of gameplay and why that takes away from Mm -hmm. the experience. And so then you end up talking a lot about what's not in the game, which is also not particularly useful to some people who already kind of know what they're getting. Right. And so if the game, if the game focuses on gameplay, you can sort of say, yeah, there's not really much of a story, but that's not what they're going for here. But if there's a story and no gameplay, then you have to have that question of like, okay, well, how good of a video game is it? Right. And, and so, yeah. And you get to the price
2: and everything too.
3: Exactly. Yeah, sure. yeah. that's true. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I, I think obviously everybody wants a mix of both, but if you had to pick one for review, reviewing a game is the gameplay part is way easier and, and yeah. way I think more yeah. helpful to the audience and the reader.
0: It's mm-hmm. easier to identify. Yeah. I agree with you. agree with you. And yeah, let's well, be real. Like it's uh, controversial, but there's there the best
2: video game story in the world, the best video oh, game story in the world oh, with little. T- <laughs> yeah. I love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Got uh, Got but the, best, the best video game story in the world with, minimal gameplay doesn't hold a candle to some of the stuff we've seen in movies you know what i'm saying like if you're gonna give me a game that i have to spend 60 dollars on with no gameplay it better be the greatest story i've ever seen (laughs) versus a two-hour movie i could see at the movie theater for like 15 bucks you know what i'm saying So I I guess I'm very critical.
3: Yeah, I I think Travis is going to say
0: exactly what I'm thinking here. I think yeah, Yeah, the
3: key is that video games can tell different types of stories that movies can't. And I think those Uh stories blow movies out of the water to a certain extent, like Bioshock. You can't tell that in a movie, right? Because you have to be playing the game. That's like very core to it. And so I think that. I think that games that try to parrot movies and do the same type of storytelling, yeah. they will yeah, always yeah,
2: stay short the, because cut that's scenes, not seven, their... the cut scenes. Yep.
3: Yeah. But, but if they try doing their own thing and using the unique kind of uh platform of video games to tell a story, I think that's when it's like really magical, but yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. Like even the last of us, there's like movies that are better than the last of us at telling story. And there's, Pretty much every game that's better at the gameplay part. <laughs>
0: right? So that's the, that's the all right, You didn't yeah. have to go that far, but okay. Oh, yeah. Man. It was, I mean, it was all, it was all the rafts.
2: Out. It was the raft and the ladders that broke one yeah. young Travis. It was all the rafts and the ladders.
0: <laughs> <laughs> think, and think, cool kill, cool kill brings up quantum break. Oh, <laughs> quantum man, break. Joe, uh, sorry, it's Dan. Go ahead. No,
3: underrated.
1: no. I, I think I think you can. It's tough for me because I, I love a good story. That's kind of the reason I play it. But if you don't have decent gameplay, at least, you know, competent gameplay, it kind of handicaps the rest of the experience. Fair. But then then you can look at a game like uh I played seven Yakuza games, you know, all had a very specific amount of gameplay you, you, or sp- specific gameplay. And then here comes like a dragon completely changes it up, but keeps that story just the same as the other you know seven did and you know it didn't matter to me how i was getting to that point because the story is what kept me engaged so it's i think it depends a lot on the game and and what they're going for but you know you look at something like god of war um that i wasn't expecting you know i mean i i I only played like one or two god of war games prior to that so and they were the earlier games so it, it, it's to review. Yeah, obviously it, it's, you can be a lot more critical, I think with gameplay than you can with a story because it's so subjective, you know, you say, okay, well, that's a terrible writing. And the next person can be like, that was the best writing I've ever seen in my life. You know, <laughs> yeah. like if I were to say that, Travis would say that,
0: artist, so. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but
1: I, I think it's it, obviously like you guys said, you want to mix. Um, there's a lot more that that think that goes into it than just those two things. But, um, obviously, but there, there's, I don't know, man. It, it, we get back to that original thing where we, you know, playing games that we like and, and series, excuse me, that we enjoy, you know, I, I that's why I kind of gotten away from some of the reviews for the site, just because it's a whole different experience when you're playing it just to play it and then another, maybe a playthrough because you're reviewing it. And it's just, it's that's the biggest difference, I think in any kind of you know playthrough i guess of any
2: game for me anyway mm-hmm. yeah would you guys say i mean obviously this is it'll take a long time to implement but one thing i've noticed from all of my friends who do do reviews is the window in which you're allowed to review games is getting shorter and shorter yeah for yeah. the deadline and the crunches yeah that's another thing then And that's something that, I mean, unfortunately, that's going to affect a lot of people's perception where they, if they get the game a week out from when the embargo is supposed to hit, that's greatly going to affect what they're doing. And in some situations, you don't know if you're going to be able to get that game until the day of. Like, I know there was one, I forgot what game it was, but the publisher was like, yeah, we're going to be sending out codes sometime this week. And I was like, oh, okay, but now I have to plan if they're sending the code out Monday exactly, or they're sending it out Friday because that's very different because if it's Monday... You could plan accordingly. I'll put two hours here, two hours there. But if it's Friday and the review has got to go
0: up Wednesday, it's not yeah. as
2: much time.
0: I got yeah, I got Death Loop on Saturday morning or Friday night, Friday night or Saturday morning, I got Death Loop and the embargo was overnight Monday morning. What? Sunday to Monday. Oh my God. And I played Whoa. I played twenty eight hours or twenty seven hours of Death Loop in a day and a half. Um Whoa. no joke um and it's just and i'm not even you know i'm not a big site season games on a huge site like I, IGN, travis and i talk about this stuff all the time but yeah there, there's definitely a problem especially if games have gotten bigger too we're not playing five-hour 2d games anymore right yeah. some of these games are huge and um you just yeah there there needs to be a better system in place for it it's just it's it's problematic as it stands yeah
3: the reason that review windows are getting shorter is because games are finished later <laughs> games are now not gone gold and then they're printed onto a disc and then you play the finished product you know a couple months later it's like the the games are finished like three days before the game comes out and so obviously you get you know you get your review code later because they don't want you to review an unfinished game um and that that's a, just a problem it's a good thing and a bad thing i mean developers have more time and freedom on when they're going to release the game and how long they work on it and improvements can be made over time that's awesome the bad side is that reviewers get less time to review it and it doesn't affect me because i always say this when people ask about like oh ign they just want to hit deadlines it's like we don't really like if a game comes out tomorrow and i get the review code today ign's gonna say all right well play the whole game and publish your review when you can. We don't care about hitting embargo because we know millions of people are going to read our reviews anyway, right? Mm-hmm. Who it yeah, hurts. You guys have that luxury.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: We have that luxury, yeah. but like the smaller outlets, they are under pressure to hit embargo because if their review doesn't come out at embargo, they miss the Reddit threads where they do review roundups. They've missed the, you know, SEO and optimized, all yeah. that stuff. Like they, they just get destroyed. And I used to write for small outlets that had those problems. And there's a lot of pressure on those guys to write. Uh, to to hit embargo. But I think the people that it really does a disservice to are the players who buy the game. I'm old school. I think reviews have a purpose, which is to Mm -hmm. defend the consumer, give them informed, you know, facts about the game that come from somebody who's their peer, not from a PR agency that's telling you, yeah, it's great. Trust me, right? And, And that they can use those things to decide, is it worth my money? Is it worth my time? And if they don't have that, I feel like, it it's anti-consumer like it's just it Great. hurts them the most and so right I think uh obviously reviewers should do everything they can YOLO I have no loved ones and not fun at parties so I just review games <laughs> super fast like if they give me if they give me a game and I only have three days to do it like I'm playing 72 hours and getting that oh, good review Lord. as as I can but uh that's um I, I think that I think it there is a problem there. Like the review model is super important and the new way of games being delivered is kind of clashing with that but um you know all we can do is sort of try to walk that walk that line
0: yeah and it, it's i completely agree with everything you said travis um it is especially problematic for smaller sites like us um thankfully because of the way we're structured we don't worry about necessarily hitting an embargo we like to but to your point we only do if we feel the review is going to be ready um Funny enough, Steve, who, you know, did the review for Vanguard this year, Call of Duty, he reached out to me. We got the code really late. If you guys Oops. remember, freaking Activision and Call of Duty, they sent codes the day before. Yeah. Like, release. Like, they didn't get codes out. And uh, so we, we said that the review is going to be late. We're not even getting our code till the day before. And he played the game, the entire game, and reviewed it, like, overnight. And oh, my we God. Had a Dang, Steve. That, I did Woo. not ask for that, by the way. He did that on his own accord, so. <laughs> i'll do it myself Yep. but um yeah so anyway there, there's there's some issues that uh could be resolved there for sure but to travis's point it's sadly it's just the nature of the industry and how games are created nowadays i mean it's just what it is so anyway um guys chat you've been great man really appreciate the conversations really uh, appreciate the questions and um i think it led to some fun conversations here at the tail end of the show so let me just say real quick couple a couple things first thanks everyone for listening in joining us today for our first show back in 2022 it's going to be a great year obviously the gaming industry is booming uh we got a lot of big things to look forward to from a season gaming perspective um Big thank you to everyone who checked us out in the fourth quarter, the highest traffic we've ever seen. We continue to grow exponentially and it's just amazing. It really is amazing. So with that, I want to announce uh, on this show, but there'll be a lot more details coming that we are launching a Patreon for season gaming. Um, It's not, yeah, it's not something that uh, it's not something I considered lightly. Uh, We are not kind of fans of taking money. As you know, we don't do monetization. We don't do ads um everything just goes back to the site so there is kind of reasoning behind this it will go purely to content and to the contributors at season gaming uh it's not about making money per se so more details it should go live this week it's pretty much completely set up i just want to make sure we announce in the right way and explain what we're doing with it because um, it is a little different from uh some other outlets so uh, more to come on that. Uh, we're going to have a big giveaway or a game giveaway for one of these big first quarter games uh, this week for Big Cast as well. So stay tuned to the Big Cast uh, Twitter account, Season Gaming Twitter accounts, if you're not already. Appreciate that. And uh, we are also publishing a uh, Season Gaming contributor favorite games of 2021 article this week. Obviously, we're kind of past award season now, but this is just more of a reflection on all of our favorite things of last year. So that's pretty much uh, going live this week, too. So, with that thank you again neo always great to have you man i think diego said it like an hour and a half ago nope. he said hey he said i see our uh i see our uh, token uh, fourth member of big Cast is back this week and i said yeah that's him so um appreciate you coming out man great chat as always so um tell people i mean i always say this to our guests because we we have good people on here but they know where they can find you, but let's shout it out anyway.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, If you guys want to follow me, my YouTube channel is uh, youtube.com/slash NeoGamespark. Same thing for Twitter as well: youtube.com/slash NeoGamespark. And as always, is a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure chopping it up with the Season Gaming crew. Really, really good episode. The chat was on fire today with some really good topics. I'm not even gonna lie; I didn't think we'd spend the last twenty minutes having this discussion about <laughs> either. You know, reviews and you know, story and gameplay and all that stuff. But you know, that's that's when you have great conversations with great people. So as yeah. always, you know, I, I love kicking it with y'all
0: and thank you so much for having me. Appreciate it, man. Travis.
3: Hey, thanks guys for, for tuning in. Uh, please tell a friend about the show so that we can grow the, uh, grow the base this year. That's the, the goal. Um, and yeah, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at tyguytravis if you uh, hate yourself and um, you can read my reviews, reviews and uh, articles. And, uh, just search my name uh, Travis Northup and IGN, and you'll find me. Um, next up, I've got uh, Windjammers Two coming at you uh, January twentieth. So um, they, they gave me that code like thirty days in advance. It's great. Uh, so That's it's awesome. A, a, a beautiful, beautiful amount of time to work on that. Um, so happy to do that. And then, uh, yeah, if you if you care at all about Destiny, I'm reviewing the Witch Queen. I'm on a weekly show, 4:30. P.M. Pacific every Thursday, where I talk about destiny. It's called the Last Word. Uh, so you can find me there if you care. At all about destiny, you don't. That's okay. But uh, if you <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, how about you, Dan? What do you got going on? Not much. I like to keep love it you too, and yep.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, No, we're good, man. Thanks as always, everyone tuning in. We will catch you next week with Bitcast One Eighty Six. Until then, have a great week. Just remember to keep it here at Big Cast, your weekly show covering all things Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, and PC with technical and industry insight. Until next time.